0: I like to move and it. I like to move and move it, I like to move and move it, you like to move it, I like to move and move
1: it, I like to move and move, I like to move and move it, you like to
0: Happy New Year, ladies and gentlemen, and a bone tomahawk to everybody out there in movie movie land. A bone tomahawk to you, sir.
2: And All welcome, our little flute benders out there. <laughs> yes,
0: of course. Hard to believe that's been almost a year. It's, it's since unreal. flute bender began, and like three years since bone tomahawk. It's crazy, crazy. But welcome to I like to movie movie. This is our first episode of 2018. Sure is. So uh, hopefully
2: this year is is uh, <laughs> good. I'm already <laughs> I'm already seeing love be spread around. Oh, In, in response to uh, you know just some of the horrible things happening. Time out there so we've, we've
0: put up with some shit so yeah. now we're a little tougher
2: yeah uh we kicked off 2018 with a beautiful photograph
0: of tommy wiseau and tanya harding together at an award show at the
2: golden globes it's,
0: it's, if somebody said to me yeah a year ago like this time last year yep. if they were like all right hundred dollars yeah who's gonna be at the golden globes yeah. kevin spacey yeah or the power combo of tommy wiseau <laughs> and tanya harding i'd be like i would 100 percent say kevin spacey yeah <laughs> nope. 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 Lost nope. that money. Yeah. So, but honestly, I think that's a sign we're in a better place. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy as it is. It is wild. And of course, as always, you can find I Like to Movie yes. Movie on all of the interwebs things. Uh, you do it.
2: I like 2Movie, The Numeric 2, on Twitter, Facebook, Tumblr, and uh, we're on iTunes and uh, trying to get us to creep around to some other places. I'm working on figuring some other uh, nice. services out that you can find the podcast on. Uh, and uh, I think our only uh, tidying up to do is uh, we had uh, announced a show on the 20th of January that we've had to uh, uh, postpone to some extent. We'll, we'll be back down there in uh, uh, just outside of Baltimore doing some movies down there, but we're uh, not going to be a part of the uh, uh, Barbarella screening. Uh, Which we you should still about. go to. You should still go to, because it is still awesome happening. Movie. It's yeah.
0: very rare that you'll get to see it on the big screen and there's yes. a chance to do it, and it is a very nice screen. Yes, so uh, you should go to that, that event. We just won't be there. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, but we will be the following weekend on Sunday at Tattooed Moms uh, doing a live show, and uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think we're going to bring some games out. We're going to I don't know, maybe play some games with the uh, people in the crowd there. Might bring a mm-hmm. guest or two. We'll see what's going on. And uh, But it should be a good time. Come on to Tattooed Moms on uh, Sunday the 28th. That sounds right. Yes. Yeah, Sunday uh, the yes, Sunday the 28th. Yeah. Dan uh, is correct. Tattooed Moms, South Philly. Uh, and that'll be fun. I'm pretty excited about that. I have I have some pretty good ideas, I think, okay, for cool, some fun cool. stuff we can do. So, we'll get into it. Yeah, we'll get it into sh- it. should be a good time.
0: Uh, another piece of housekeeping that we should probably do is, my name is Dan
2: Scully. And my name is Gary Smith. <laughs> so,
0: yes, get that out of the way for all the noobs. So, we are here to movie, movie. Yes,
2: and uh, so we're coming off of uh, just a ton of 2017 catch-up. This is what happens to Dan and I every year. We spend the last month of a, a year just cramming every possible release we missed Mm -hmm. down our throats. So that by the time we get to January of the following year, what are we watching? What do we do? I'm like, I I am taking a break. I Mm -hmm. I don't, I I need a couple weeks off. Usually when I get to January, this is, this is the dumping
0: ground too. Like I've seen insidious Four. Yeah, you shouldn't see it. Yeah. You know, I've seen the commuter. Yeah. You should see it. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, this is the time where like it's, this is the downtime yeah. between when all of the award stuff is pumped out to make the cutoff. Yeah. And then all of the award stuff is re-released as yeah. they start flowing. And so the Golden Globes just finished. The Oscars are are on the horizon. Well so on their way. Right now, there's... But what's cool is one of the things I like about January is that every once in a while, a gem pops out. Oh, yeah. Um, I forget when Get Out came out, but it was like it was sort of around early. this time. This not, not this time, but it was yeah. early. Uh, Triple X, last year, around this early time we had Triple X, we yeah. had John Wick Two, yep. uh, Train Spotting Two, yep. all of this stuff popped up last year, so there could be some surprises.
2: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure summer movie season starts in like two weeks this year. Oh yeah. so we're... I've
0: already got my ticket for the February release of Black Panther, yeah. our first summer release. Yeah, exactly. Which is followed very shortly thereafter by uh, Infinity Wars uh-huh. and Han Solo, uh-huh. and yeah,
2: so it's yeah. we're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we'll good. be fine. But so we're gonna we're. Gonna... Since January gives us a break, usually we're taking it for the most part. Yes, we're taking a break uh, and we're going back a yeah. little bit. We're, we, we decided sounds, to do yes, an, oh, thank okay, you. Cool, that's, yeah. No, that's exactly what I was going to. It's just like we decided to just fucking pull something out of a hat. Basically, mm-hmm. just we went for you and I are genre fans, like top to bottom. That's a lot of what the show started as. In fact, literally, the show started as a Stephen King. Oh, yeah, that's true. We did The Shining first. It was a Stephen King adaptation was the first episode. It's like the other prestige Stephen King adaptation. Exactly. Like This isn't really
0: prestige, but it does have... It won an Oscar. It won an Oscar. We're talking, of course, about Misery. Misery, yes. Of 1990. Yep. And uh, directed by Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner directed, yep. uh, William Goldman wrote. Yes, it's got James Caan, Kathy Bates won an acting Oscar for this. Yes, uh, so well deserved, very well deserved.
2: Like, really not well the deserved. typical thing that you see, you don't even see in movies awards. like this get nominated mm-hmm. usually in the Oscars, let alone a performance like this. this I is... think the key is because it's Rob Reiner, yeah, uh, that has a little bit of a pedigree to right. it, right? Yeah. And because
0: it has Dick Farnsworth,
2: yeah, Dick Farn- Oh my god, Richard Farnsworth is so <laughs> great in this movie. Uh, but yeah, so we decided on misery. I, I think mostly just because you and I are. This is what we love. We really love movie. a good just fucking genre movie. And I had never seen this. Uh, and actually, I think both of you, both of you, both of us are. Uh, you and I are 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 relatively. We were realizing as we were putting this episode together, we really like these kind of like tight space, one location, uh, uh escape thrillers. Mm-hmm. Kind of, you know. It's a trap... I mean, it's not... See, trapped in a small space is a trope
0: that affects sitcoms. Yes. Uh, Every sitcom has at least one episode where they're trapped in a small space, and it's two characters that don't get along, and they learn that they are not so different, you and I. Um, Movies, it tends to be a little bit different, because in a movie... You know, a movie is the most important moment in the character's life. Yeah. A TV stage. show is an arc that essentially ends at a cold reset. <laughs> yes. Because yeah, it has yeah. to be able to recycle. Um, so in movies, they use it a little bit differently. Yeah. It's less about uh, finding out, you know, your common ground mm-hmm. and more about exploiting the differences. Uh, oftentimes, there's heist elements involving an escape. Yes. Um and you know, and it's it's not so much where, oh, New York's a character, but in these types of movies, the location is a character. Definitely. Uh, and, uh, well, I, I had never seen this, so you said you had seen it before? I saw it once ever. Yeah. And years ago, I just bought it because I knew it was supposed to be good. And uh-huh. So I watched it when I was like 15. Yeah. And then maybe like three or four years ago, I read the book and was just floored yeah. by how good the book was. And so it was good to just revisit it now and freshen everything up and yeah. just be reminded. You know, when you're fifteen you go, Oh, that movie's supposed to be good. I like it. Yep. But when you see it now, you go, Oh, this is actually really good. It's and so I can, good. you know, critique it on my own terms. It's yeah. pretty incredible. But I loved it. Before we go that that's what we'll be doing later yeah. for our list, we're gonna be going over some trapped in a small space yes. or single location movies. Yeah. And
2: ranking those or discussing them, so yeah, yeah, which more I'm on pretty later. excited to do. Oh, uh, yeah. So this was like, uh, so my Rob Reiner experience for the most part, and I don't, maybe you can help me. Maybe I've seen more than I think, but Stand by Me and um, Spinal, spinal tap, tap, yeah, are my big Rob Reiner uh, movies, and they are they are both huge movies for me. Like um, Stand by Me is something I rewatched over and over and over again growing up. Uh, me and my best friend It was like our, our favorite movie We just watched it all the time uh, And then in college did A Few Good Men Oh, I've never seen A Few Good Men Oh,
0: it's good When Harry Met Sally Which I have not seen I've not I seen that either good. Uh, The Short Thing Oh, did he do the oh, analysis the prince, in that? The Princess Bride Oh, Princess Bride no, Yeah, Harold, Harold Ramis, the, Ramis right, uh, did yes, the yeah, analyze movies yeah. He did North The American President uh, Ghosts of Mississippi uh, What else do we have? That's Alex and Emma Yeah, none the of this Bucket List Oh, okay. Rumor has it. Uh-huh. Nothing. His later stuff is is not as legendary, but I'm sure it's just as good. Right, yeah. But, yeah, so he's, I mean, you know Rob Reiner. He's been oh, yeah. around. He was all in the family. And, <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. And, yeah. Uh,
2: well, and then Spinal Tap was a huge movie for me in college. So, mm-hmm. like, he two of his movies are, like, big, big movies for me that I rewatched, like, a lot and define, like, certain friendships of mine. He's Mm. like, he is strangely like an important director to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Spinal Tap gets him that distinction
0: alone. Yeah. Spinal Tap's been a part of my life forever, and he's not only the uh director of it but he he's like he's the one director of a christopher guest ensemble comedy that's not christopher guest <laughs> yeah. in spinal Tap. he's also marty de yep. the the in film director yes. of and if you have that dvd yeah. there are special features of marty de other films uh-huh. and marty de a really good character <laughs> and so yeah rob reiner knows what he's doing oh yeah and i think uh We'll get more into the the specificity of it later, but Misery is a harrowing movie yes. that directed by somebody who didn't have their foot in the door of comedy might have been too harrowing. Yeah, and this movie has quite a bit of comedy, uh, both in the craziness of Annie Wilkes, yep. and as well as uh, James Con just right. doing oh Richard Farms, yeah. the first, but I mean James Con, yeah.
2: he's funny. Con is really and, funny. Yeah, in this his movie. his
0: Paul Sheldon is very much a character. Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the framing of the film, the writing of the character, yeah. but also james conn you know power combo with the direction of rob reiner
2: That's that's really good comedy it, re- it like the comedic elements of this were i was not expecting there to be really any comedic elements mm-hmm. to it let alone that some of the like the actual drama of the movie would could be played for laughs not mm-hmm. not like it not like it is being played for laughs but like it is mm-hmm. do you know what i mean well it's i think we're so used to now that
0: like we always talk about this and it's something that's not as heavy now It was more a mid and early 2000 things that, that it was, we liked our thrillers to be, you know, hardly cynical yeah. where it's where, you know, everything is solved or is it, right, you know, where yeah. we, we liked watching the punishment. Whereas yeah. this one, like you need that humor there because yeah. it, it is a, it's not just an experiment in, in how fucked up it can be right. or how thrilling it can be. It is a story with characters and, yeah, I don't think comedy exists without good characters. And so I think it becomes natural that there's some
2: comedy there. Yeah. And it just, man, did it work for me. I don't Mm. know. I like, and I love movies where the, the same scene that stresses me out also makes me laugh, you know? And uh, that is, I don't know. I feel like that has to be so difficult to accomplish something that legitimately feels like it has stakes and drama and is like stressful to watch and none of that is undercut at all by the fact that it is also like kind of wildly funny, mm-hmm. you know. Well, I think a lot of that comes through in the edit. Yeah. Um James Con naturally is going
0: to have. We were talking about this how he doesn't ever appear to be that big of an actor in right. terms of what he does. He's not necessarily mugging, right? But he is. He's and huge. He's he's really going. But big he doesn't and mugging. feel big. And I think if it was shot a certain way, yeah. that mug could look tragic, and it often does. Yeah. And then there's times where he's mugging. You know, like there's times where his jaw will drop, and it's an "oh fuck" yeah. moment, and then there's other times where his jaw drops, and we laugh because we we have a window into what he's thinking. Yeah. But also, just the way that it's framed will be a, a darkly comic moment, yes. or or even a I don't say festive moment, but a little bit more uh, a little bit more lighthearted. Yeah, yeah. But I think that comes through in the edit. There's, yes. you know, there's a, a perfect example. There's a scene where. Uh, Annie is right at the beginning before we know the the depth of her depravity. Yes, uh, she's talking to to Paul, who looks rather agitated. Yeah, and you wonder why he's so agitated. Well, it seems easy; he's trapped in this bed. Uh-huh. But then the reveal is that he's been peeing in a, a, <laughs> a portable urinal, yeah. and so then the following scene is framed with uh, Annie gesturing wildly in the foreground with. The urinal the in her hand, and pee. the pee is is jiggling around. Yep. And in the background of that shot, framed just over a hand of you know jiggling pee, <laughs> is James <laughs> Khan's eyes following it. Yeah, and in from you know ninety degrees to the left, that is an upsetting scene because yes. he's starting to realize how how upsetting she is. Yes, but the way that it's shot with that in the foreground, it's very funny. It's so without funny. losing how upsetting yeah. that moment is, yep. and I, I think that is very much. Um, a choice of Rob Reiner, as well as his editor, who I'll look up to give credit. Totally. For.
2: I mean, he he is literally like, he's kind of, it's great. He uses the camera to frame Annie in very threatening ways. Um, and then we'll see. Robert s- Layton. Robert Layton. Who also edited Best in Show. Oh, there you go. That yeah. totally makes sense.
0: And uh, Chef. And Now You See Me. Oh, wow. And The Bucket List. <laughs> <laughs> and every single Christopher Guest movie.
2: Yeah, wow. Well, that kind of makes sense too. It's like you said. It's if it's in the editing, he's he's a comedy editor, mm-hmm. you know. Well, and, and you think too. Uh, even something like Spinal Tap—that is yeah. a
0: aggressively goofy movie—but it doesn't work without a little bit of the tragedy of how difficult it is to yes. be this touring band for yeah. whatever reasons, yep. mostly their own making. <laughs> yeah. But you need that there, else the comedy doesn't work. Totally. And this is the other way around, but
2: a little heavier on the drama. Yeah, and well. And that's the thing is like the drama never feels like it's underserved. You mm-hmm. know, it like it anytime the movie makes me laugh, it doesn't make the the horror It's not of a it, punchline. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't make the horror of it any less impactful. Like mm-hmm. I, I am still terrified of Annie. Like she is always framed as a very threatening presence and a very scary character mm-hmm. by the camera, mm-hmm. but she will also do and say funny things that the movie allows to be funny. Mm-hmm. While still being really frightening because we get that like, oh, these are all just more layers to her like insanity, Mm -hmm. you know. And it gives us as a viewer a reason to get on board with Paul
0: believing he can escape. Yes. Because I think if it if it opened up as just harrowing right away, it would feel a little bit less like uh, a little bit less like two characters trying to figure one another out to figure out how they can control the other one. Yeah. And a little bit more of just a plain escape thriller, which would be fine but you know it
2: it the urgency is almost not needed it's better that we know that she has like some weaknesses or mm-hmm. or some holes that could be punctured right yes. like he can see these cracks that he can maybe get inside of and just mm. pull apart to split her open he's so physically incapacitated yeah. that a straight up arm bar
0: escape isn't right. going to happen right
2: so you, yeah you need to have those little holes show up that he can he yeah can do yeah you're and right they, and they use kind of like these humorous moments to let us in on that mm. you know uh anytime that she kind of like slips it it you know that's where we realize like oh okay this is like this is where he can kind of maybe get under her skin a little bit mm. It's also kind but of also funny has to, to watch. Like Step carefully because yeah. yeah, it could go the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because she's very like volatile, mm-hmm. which we learned really quickly in a really great like performance scene from Kathy Bates where she is just laying down this super like nice good Samaritan Christian kind of thing that so quickly turns on a dime without being cartoonish, mm-hmm. which is unbelievable.
0: We do get a little tiny window. She does have that one speech when she's really sad about how, obviously, she was not a very well-liked person. Yes. And was probably bullied quite a bit. Yes. Certainly doesn't excuse her actions, but it does give this information of, like, she's not just pure... You know, she's not a Michael Myers. Right. She is
2: she is a human being so there are flaws there the, her, mon, her 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 monst- her monstrousness monstrosity monstrosity is born of like loneliness mm-hmm. and very like human things you mm-hmm. know um she again not that any of those things justify or, or excuse her behavior but they do seem you know her her monstrous nature does seem born from her kind of just inherent loneliness mm-hmm. and this idea that she I don't know, seems to, like, she thinks she exists outside of everybody else somehow, and so mm. she's, like, not... Uh, it's like she knows people think she's not normal or something. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. That's, like, kind of what I read on her. She's, like, she's been very aware for a very long time that people don't think she's normal.
0: If she existed 20 years later, she would definitely have a sticker on her notebook that says, you laugh at me because I'm
2: different, and I <laughs> yeah. laugh at you because you're all the same. Yeah, yeah. She would definitely have yes. something to that effect. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I like the kind of religious angle on her, too, Mm -hmm. though. That was, like, something that is not apparent right away in the movie. And and as they dig further into it, it, like, actually makes that character make a lot of sense in a weird Mm -hmm. way. Because she's not religious... Like she's a, dogmatic. Yeah, I
0: think in her behavior is that when she subscribes to something as being the proper way. Yeah. Uh, even when she's reading his book about street kids. Yeah. Uh, the first thing she says is I don't like the language right. because it's not noble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so there there's no nobility to it. Right. And like that is just is that really a concern is nobility, but in her her dogma is that's not how people should speak, right. so that's I will not allow it.
2: Well, and, and I, it's
0: right for me to resist it.
2: Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think the other thing though is that it's not she's not um I don't know. I, I didn't I don't see that character as like reading the Bible every day. Like mm-hmm. I don't actually see that character as like a strict religious person. I don't person. think she goes to church. No, exactly. But she believes God is talking to her. You yes. know, she's yeah. like she's, she's the chosen one. Yeah, yep. exactly. She has like a I like that religious angle because it's like um and I, I feel like he does this a lot actually, where religion is almost a complex mm-hmm. in Stephen King books more than it's like a um like a, a a belief structure that somebody follows, I and mean, mm. you know what I mean.
0: Well, to compare it to one one of my favorite lines in the mist, and I'm going to yeah, screw please. it up, is uh, Mrs. Uh, what is it? Whoa, what's Carmody. Oh like yeah, that? yeah, yeah, C- yeah. Something like Car- yeah, yeah. Either way, she's she's like the dogmatic religious yep. person, and there's uh, a character who's kind of like a, a badass biker kind of guy, yeah. but he's like real soft and quiet, and uh, he's gonna go outside and carry the rope with him to right. show how far he can go into the mist. And she's like, well, God is punishing all this stuff. And he says something to the effect of, hey, lady, I believe in God, too. But I don't think he's some vindictive motherfucker. Right. You know, and like and that's very much a Stephen King ideal, which is like. There's a place for belief. There's a place for belief in God. But when you start talking about what you know that to be, that's when it gets dangerous as opposed to what you believe it to be. And and that's why the word dogmatic comes out. Totally, yes. Uh, Even the movie Dogma, it came down to the final thesis that they just say, which is uh, opinions are dangerous, but you should have ideas. And I think that's very much on Stephen King's
1: uh, mind
2: at all times. Yeah. That I really like that that was like kind of buried in this movie. I mean, it's not buried in it. It's just like I, mm. I, I also like that it's not. Um, well, she's not running around like praise Jesus. Yeah, exactly. Jesus will save. I you. like that that kind of comes out over the course of it. Mm. That it is like this this complex she has, you know, uh, about probably actually like it's actually an inferiority complex that oh, like kind of uh, uh, becomes a superior. You know, it, it, the way it um, the way she enacts it is through superiority. She mm-hmm. feels so inferior that she. Sees herself with the potential to be superior, you know, and not to come down hard on any one religion, but
0: to jokingly mock like Catholicism or Christianity. Part yeah. of it is this concept of it is your duty to save everyone else. Yes. It is your duty to do this. Um The evangelical. The one who suffers hardest is the one who gets granted. Yeah. And so I think she views herself as this sort of victim of just, you know, I, I was born to suffer. Yeah. But all is well because I can save other people through yes. my suffering. Yes. And as a result of of placing herself in this this view of I'm always suffering is almost blind to the notion that she can cause suffering. Right. And that's that's a difficult thing to I yeah. think write and perform and it comes through here without literally doing any of that.
2: Totally, and then I mean, and then he just twists that screw a lot further when you finally get the memory book, mm-hmm. and then it's just like she's also just a mass murder, you know. And then oh and, yeah, and so then like, but we know that each and every one of those, she talked herself into I, why it was the right yeah, thing to exactly. do. Exactly. Yeah. That's that's
0: where it gets like really interesting because mm-hmm. it's like. Well, wait. She's, she's like, not a Jeffrey Dahmer who's just killing
2: because it's an urge, right?
0: She's convinced herself that it's actually good.
2: Yeah, that's like that's what I assume when we when we, that reveal happens is mm. that like each of these has probably been the same in some way that every baby that she needed to murder was not born of a need to kill again necessarily as much as she had convinced herself there was some it righteous to be fixed, yeah, you know, like justice there to that. And even reason. the
0: the court thing. Yeah. Um, right. The, you know, the the big reveal for yeah. old Buster yeah. is that line, you know, that only he can judge me. Only God yeah. can judge me. And yeah. it's like, that's a dangerous thing to be where it's your laws don't affect me because right. the laws I follow are much higher than yes. than you. Yeah. That's scary shit. Yeah. That's dogma. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, that's God. actually one of the greatest uh small lines at the beginning before we know how crazy she is yeah and she's like hmm, that's what I said when I testified in court during that yep. hmm, whatever and I just like that. brushes it off you're like Ugh. I love that I-, I will tell you one of my favorite things about watching this movie with yeah. you for yeah. the first yeah. time is one I'd seen it so long ago that I really didn't remember much of the particulars yeah. but as these certain things happened I was sitting slightly
2: behind you yeah. so watching your face go into inc- incredulity during yeah. it was incredible uh I I have realized I have such a loud uh, movie. Well, I'm not like vocally loud, but mm. I I am physically loud when I watch movies. Mm. It, I, I heard a lot of oh yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> I like I move a lot. I get like I grab my seat and I'm like ah like I, I get real into it. It's I, a good movie for that because it
0: it doesn't take its time no. in unveiling what's happening. It really gets into it pretty quick. Oh yeah, but. Since Paul is sort of our surrogate, mm-hmm. and even camera wise, a lot of it is just totally. from this lower angle looking yep. up because he's incapacitated. Yes, watching it, there's we get to have those moments of just like, all right, something's not right, but I think I'm still in control. Yes. and that gets stripped away pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, now okay, so the other thing is like this movie has a scene, this oh, yeah, this is, it has a, a scene, a scene movie. yeah. yeah. Uh, And it's a scene I've known about my whole life somehow, you know, it's what it's like the psycho shower scene. Mm -hmm. Like, I've just known that this exists. I think I've even seen just that, like, just in some fucking like YouTube mass edit of something. I'm pretty sure I've seen that. It's iconic. I mean, yeah,
0: it's the thing that if you're not going to get into the themes of the movie, it's the first thing you talk about. Oh, how crazy was that?
2: Yeah. And that, so here's what I love when this happens. It's the same thing that happened me when I watched Psycho where it was like, well, I know about the shower scene. Uh, but then I find out like, oh, but I didn't know the main character dies in the first half hour. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. you find out that there's all these like twists and turns that you just actually, like you thought you knew the, the sort of like the big reveal of the movie. And then it's like, oh no, I didn't. This movie opens with his legs broken basically. So I spent the whole movie going like, oh, maybe I like misremembered or like, m- like what I thought, the the big scene in this movie was, like was when like, they
0: show his injured legs, it's gruesome. Oh yeah. So it's like you're already having a stomach turning reaction right. to it. And so it it could be maybe that's what people were talking the about. The
2: best I could think of was like maybe there's gonna be like a flashback where we find out she broke his legs yeah. like while he was unconscious. That would have been a good reveal. Yeah. I don't know if I'd prefer it, but I'd certainly love to
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'd have to see it for the first time and not see this to you. Yeah, exactly. Know yeah. yeah.
2: So then when it happened, though, it was like so like awesome because I got to go through the full roller coaster of that scene, even though I knew that scene was going to come eventually. I love when that happens. When you feel like you just know so much about something that it's like, oh, man, the big moment of this is, like, already ruined for me. I remember when we watched Chinatown. Yeah. And there was all this stuff.
0: And, and like, you knew there was some sort of incest angle. Yeah. And I remember you reacting, being like, oh, that's kind of incestual. Yeah. And I could tell you were processing, like, is that the thing? Yeah. It's not the thing. No, it's not the thing. <laughs> and then thing. when the thing happens, yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. crazy. Yeah. Well, I'll jump into this little nerdy thing. One yeah, of my please. favorite pieces of Stephen King trivia is that uh-huh. in misery the movie when she hobbles him she places a, a log or like a yeah, it's like piece a of wood yeah between his legs to to brace them yep. and then takes a sledgehammer and smashes his ankles in from the side in the book she does not have a hammer she has an axe and oh she God. cuts a foot off holy shit just one foot because that would hobble yeah when you think about it vice versa in the book the shining yeah he runs around with a sledgehammer holy shit but in the movie they switch it for an yeah, axe that's this right. is of course not perfect you know not a thing yeah. that was planned i don't think but yeah. what a great thing that it's just it's kind of funny that stephen king's weapons yeah. get switched Got in the movie inverted. yeah it's it's wild
2: yeah and both movies open with a fucking <laughs> driving through the cool snow cool dude driving through the snow Yeah. Mm-hmm. uh yeah so interesting the things that overlap i mean cuz he like writes from Kind of his own perspective, almost mm-hmm. always. Even though he's like great, great. Oh, in it's always about a writer and main yeah, doing, yeah, yeah. writer main things. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting how much of that stuff ends up crossing over in his movies or uh, in his stories. Um In the book, misery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm curious. A, what uh, is it different? Is it the same? Honestly, is it, it's
0: it's pretty much the same. And yeah. of course, certain things are more drawn out and stuff. Yeah. I remember reading the book. You know, when he's essentially killing her at the end, and she just won't die. Yeah, that is drawn out forever (laughs) there's a couple more trips out of the room with her coming home and him like you know doing that kind of thing yeah um but the main difference is that the book the book itself is about writing yeah in that the chapters of of misery returns that he's being forced to write yes are written into the book yeah i like that and part one of the tasks that he uses to kind of calm annie down is because there's keys missing on the keyboard yeah as she reads it, she gets to write them in. So she right. feels like she's writing part of it. And that's yeah, really neat. It's unfilmable. Yeah. yeah. Um, they do. That mention the, especially because he
2: is missing. He, he has those lines. They use the dialogue in the movie that I assume is from the book. And you get, you know, without her having actually penned anything in there, mm. you get what he means, but that actually adds a lot to his lines where he's like, and it will be because you helped me write it. It yes. will be, he like imparts to her a few different times that like, I'll give you credit for your participation. And, this whole process which mm-hmm. in the movie we get without her having to do the writing Absolutely. thing but i love that addition actually that she physically actually helps she has write to do it the, yeah.
0: and in the book there's certain times where the ends are like hand drawn in the way that it's printed yeah, so you get that's that cool. whole you know there's text from it but it's also stephen king just like sort of writing about how to write under pressure yeah, how to yeah. write with a deadline yeah. how to write with limitations yeah. and he he sometimes has to have no end sometimes he's working around the ends right. and so that's one thing that is lost in translation to the movie yeah. but that's also something that I wouldn't want to really no, watch yeah,
2: yeah. Or I don't think could be filmable in that sense i don't even think you could translate that cuz the one thing i was thinking is like okay well then maybe you make it a movie maybe you make it about movies but i don't know how you mm. i don't know how you translate that to like because now you're talking about, like, well, then he has to be a filmmaker and it has to be yeah. about his mo- You know, like. Well, it, it
0: more serves like his internal monologue. Yeah. Because it is told from his point of view. But right. when you read what he's writing next to what he's experiencing, yeah. you can see what sort of narrative gymnastics he's oh, doing really to appease her. Yeah. As well as to still try and find his voice and try and be a good writer because yeah. it's his duty to do so. Yeah. And, you know, and, it, and there is a little bit of a story of him discovering why what he considered his empty novels, right. his misery novels, are actually of value as well. I, and so that's kind of a fun thing that, that once again, unfilmable, but yeah. is in the book that makes it worth reading, even it's, if you've seen it.
2: You know what's fascinating is I did feel like that was in the movie, actually, but mm-hmm. it's it's never stated in any kind of way or anything. Mm-hmm. But there's just certain... There's certain thing I don't know there were a couple of scenes where Khan's performance and the way uh the camera would linger on his face as mm-hmm. Annie was ultimately doing something that's like scary to watch which is she's like she's she's talking really fast and she's over invested in this mm-hmm. fiction that he's made and because we know enough about her at this point that's scary to watch actually oh, you know absolutely. we know that's part of her like mania but I you can see it in Khan's performance you're watching him register like Oh, weird! These are the things that are important to her about this story, and this is why this story connected with her. And you know, regardless of how crazy she is, she is legitimately a fan of this stuff. Oh, absolutely! And these books sell really well, so like this must uh, this must be somewhat representative of what like other people feel and think about when they're reading these books that oh, are, are popular for a reason, even if I don't like them. You know. Uh, And so it's interesting that I do feel like that was in the movie, even though it's never expressed at all, other than really through Khan's performance. In the end of his arc,
0: uh, literally the very last scene when he talks about whatever book he wrote, one of the things he said was, "And I really hope the readers enjoy it." Right. And that's something that he's not so concerned with at the beginning, when Lauren Bacall, his his editor, is saying, uh, "You know, oh, these put your daughter through college. These are what you know got you a vacation home. You know, you really shouldn't." treat these like trash, you know, they're, they're people like them and he's just, eh, I want to write for me. So he does come through that arc, yeah. and he does ultimately say that it, that the experience did help him. Yep. So I think it it is in there. It's, it's in just, there. you know. But I so literally quote unquote air quotes on the page. Yeah. You know, it's
2: well. I brought all that up to say a it's impressive that it actually is in there. I think because they don't really address it that much. But b I actually do wish it was in there more. When I realized that was something that was kind of happening in the movie, mm-hmm. I was I'm glad you said that. That's actually in the book a little more because I was literally thinking like, man, I feel like it would be so interesting to to have him recognize somehow like out loud Mm. that like he's actually learning from her like what it is that people like about these books and how they do connect with people in some way and how they might be important you know in Mm. their own way i think a longer
0: movie which could be done right wouldn't be as lean unless it was done properly a longer movie would take time to have sort of an arc where he's starting to think like, while doing it, like, really explicitly thinking maybe this is a good thing. Right, right, right. Despite the, being awful, I was thinking you know? there yeah. was going
2: to get a point where there was going to be a little cabin fever moment. Yeah, he where gets he, a little stockholm yeah. but has
0: physical paper evidence as right. to why it might actually yeah, be good yeah, for yeah, him. Exactly.
2: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was thinking it might go there. I'm, I'm kind of glad it didn't, but I would, yeah. Know, this isn't that yeah, movie. I, I that would say,
0: undercut the the escape narrative yes. of it, and so I think that's also where the humor fits in well, is that totally. we can characterize him without having to do the whole, yeah, you know, yes. who, who's the bad guy? Who's yeah. is is it the cops or is it the Den of Thieves? <laughs> you know, Sorry, this, this, this week's podcast is brought to you by the trailer for Den of Thieves. They're <laughs> addicted to heists. They're addicted to heists. It's the same way I'm addicted to putting Jello Jigglers in my mouth <laughs> and reading lines. I'm becoming Russell Crowe. I, I they they are going to become a singularity, yeah. and I am going to be so happy.
2: I I hope that there's a nice Guys sequel where Ryan Gosling's just not in it, and he's replaced by Gerard Butler, and they <laughs> yeah. never talk about it.
0: He plays the same character. Yeah. It's just him and Crow. Yeah. Just and and Gerard but Jerry Butts. Jerry Butts. Jerry Butts. <laughs> Sorry, guys. That was Den of Thieves. (laughs) Brought to you by Den of Thieves. The trailer for Den of Thieves. They're addicted to heists. They're addicted to heists. Fuck it. That's the best. You pull the the trigger, you don't stop. Yeah. Something like that. Terrible advice. Thanks, Bitty. That's okay. Well, Uh, we were talking about how it would have... Oh, it yeah, Would have been no. interesting, but it could have weakened the movie. I do if think done the wrong. movie is better without all of that stuff. Yes, it's ultimately absolutely. the lean
2: movie that it is. I think works because they kind of you know they excise that stuff without having to fully excise it. Again, mm. it's like all that stuff is expressed in the movie somehow, which is remarkable. I think and mm. kind of amazing. Um, and it's probably better for it that that's oh, how absolutely. it's left because I I don't think you don't get that
0: from no the movie. exactly yeah it's just which which proves that you don't need to explicitly put it there because. Right. We feel it. We're talking about I, totally. it. It's, the, it's it's The there. point got home. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that, I really think that's a lot in in Khan's performance. Oh, yeah. He's so good. At this. He's really good at this. And he what was his line that made me laugh so fucking hard? When she brought him the surprise
0: of a wheelchair yeah. to first get him out of the bed. Oh yeah. And she rolls him over and she's like, Isn't this
2: wonderful,
0: Paul? Oh, and yeah. he says
2: I've always wanted to see this side of the room. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and right after that too, she gives him his own electric razor so that she doesn't have to straight razor shave him, which is a great telegraphing yes. of just A, her old timey ways, and B, like she is not afraid of the flesh. You know, yeah. like she can get dirty. It's like a fake uh, Chekhov's uh, straight razor. Totally. But she gives him an electric razor uh, after forcing him to burn his new manuscript for a reward. Yep. And uh, he we says, oh, if if I knew that <laughs> he looks at the razor, yeah. like completely just fuck off yeah. and says, oh, if I knew this was the surprise, I'd have burned all my books.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Dude, uh, there's like legit good jokes in this movie.
0: Oh, oh, my favorite is when she's outside with Misery the Pig. Yes. And she waves at him in the window. And this is after she has hobbled him. Yeah. And he just gives her a middle finger. Yeah. And she says something just like, oh, you kid her? Yeah. Like, "I yeah, was oh, yeah. kidding. <laughs> like, completely. Act- that's something we should talk about. Yeah. One of the cool things about her character is that... We find at the beginning that she is much warier than you could ever have expected. Right. But we also find that she is completely ignorant.
2: Yeah. she does, She's like not self-aware. Not self-aware.
0: Like she's, she knows that her penguin is always pointing due yes. south. And can put together that he knocked it over when he escaped. Yes. But when he's making snide jokes at her, or you know, faces where he reacts with just like an "oh fuck you, bitch" yeah. face, she just sees it as like what a silly guy. Yeah, I love you, Paul. Yeah, it's weird. And well, I could but it's you, not inconsistent. No, That's
2: the key. and I think it's like um, I think it's that thing where uh, she is selling herself. If the, like um, she's selling herself on this. Like she's basically like when she's going like ah, oh, you kidder. That's mm. her convincing herself that he... Like, I kind of think she does actually know. Mm. I like. Oh, she's just so powerfully in denial. Yeah, yes, that exactly. Becomes, that, like ignorance. You know, at this yeah. point, she's literally murdered children. Like, mm. multiple, many children. And I think it's just, like, in order for her to get through... Like, she knows she's kidnapping a man. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? But she has to sell herself on this idea that, like... But he wants to be part of this couple with me. Because God told me so. And this is just him kidding around. It's like... All of these things are narratives that she's like forcing mm-hmm. down her own throat to just kind of like oh to keep her strange survive alive. this own ordeal that she's put herself into
0: in. having lived alone at some point and yeah. then going to not living alone. Yeah. there's certain things you have to remember are are just not appropriate to do. Yes. you know, just and dumb little things like I always joke about this. This is going to sound so gross. I'm sorry, yeah. people at home, but I remember uh, when I was living alone. I was I was about to move out and and not live alone anymore, and I was in the shower, uh-huh. and I ripped the gnarliest fart, yeah. and out loud, I just went,
1: mmm, <laughs>
0: and it occurred to me, I was like, oh, that's actually pretty weird, <laughs> yeah. and I can't do that if I am not living alone, and it's a dumb thing, but for her, who's lived alone for presumably decades, yeah. to just have a person in there is yeah. like, that you know you live with a literal pig and then a person comes in there's a certain level of just denial that it that is that is baked into your being now you know yeah that's that's really good i love stephen king it all
2: comes down to just really good character work yeah and that's really good character work i'd be curious to read the book and see if the humor is present in the, or like yep. in the same ways. Like, so for instance, like the moment, I mean, there's always humor in Stephen King. Totally. Books. But like the moment with the pig where she first introduces him to the pig mm. is really funny. Cause like James Kahn, James Kahn's reaction uh to the pig is like It's pretty funny. His oh, just yeah. like his like totally just like what well, part of what the drives that fuck? home is just the pig being it's so, so adorable. It's so adorable, but it's goofy the way that right. the pig is goofy. But like it's you know, it is weird that she owns a pig and that she brings she introduces it's him ma- to it it's in named this after way his character. it's named after <laughs> his character, right? Like all those things are weird. And so I can imagine reading the book and like getting to that and and that not necessarily playing as funny that she's presenting mm. him with a pig. You know what mm. I mean? Whereas, like, as soon as you see that happen, like, once you have to make it a movie where I'm actually watching her present him with a pig, like, that's just funny. You know, that's like a oh, funny yeah. image.
0: Oh, well, and that's, once again, Rob Reiner's influence. Yeah. Because I, I don't, it's been probably four or five years since I read the book. Yeah. I don't remember any specific moments where I thought, oh, this book's really funny. Right. But I It has to be. There always is humor there. But I think it's in different ways. Right. Because there's no performance in the book. The performance is in your head. There's no blocking of the shot in the book. But there are, I I imagine, a few of those lines that he said that were very funny are funny to read. They're just doubly so because. Of the, the actors that you have, you know,
2: portraying them. That's like, I'm like imagining in my head, like Rob Reiner reading this book and just like one or two moments call out to him. It's like, he's just imagining how you film it and he realizes like, oh, this is funny. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. he like gets further into the book and he's like, I don't know this is supposed to be funny, but this book is hilarious. And he was a comedian before anything yeah.
0: else. So of course he's going
2: to find the yeah. humor
0: And I think that's the, that's the tragedy of being a comic. Right. And we can both do that is there's certain things that you, you have to figure out how to make funny and then you find out you're probably the only person who thinks that they're funny. Exactly. So yeah. it's that recontextualization of, of you know, tragedy plus time and all that. But yep. the, yeah, there's it's it's tough to do, but it's yeah. always in the
2: back of the head of the comedian. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, it's so interesting the way he brings humor to like the front of a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Again, without ever undercutting like how scary and weird some of it is. But I think too, it it speaks to the way that Paul
0: Sheldon's character is, he does reference being a street kid and all that. And another thing that as someone whose brain is wired for comedy, um, and you could speak to this as well, is that it's the best coping mechanism. Yes. When you are in a situation that seems hopeless, sometimes the best thing you can do is just let a little air out of it. Yep. And, and, this this movie does that for us because it would be overbearing you know overbearingly tense without it but yeah. it shows that paul is also sort of that type of guy that yeah. he he's going to make the best of his situation uh by just
2: taking it a little bit less seriously here yeah. and there just to help get through yeah that like the way he names the gravedigger. That's after such her. a good line. And she yeah. loves that he did it. She's
0: like, no, no, no. Nothing about this story is right. Yeah. Cock a blah, 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 yeah. all that stuff. Um, everything's gotta go, um, except the the gravedigger that you named after me. That can stay. Yeah. <laughs> and in, even in his face, yeah. he's looking at her with a like I, you didn't even get that I was insulting. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah. You're, yeah. Cra- you're crazy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. That's a great moment. It's
2: such a great little detail. and Yeah. It just, oh, it's so good. Cause it tells you so, I don't know. There's a ton of stuff in this where it's like, you just know, you learn so much about these two characters from the way they interact with each other, as opposed to anything they actually kind of like, You know, because we we don't get any internal monologue in this, you know, like Stephen King books are that's like one of the best things about them is you get to sort of like go a lot of them, you literally go from character to character to character's internal monologue. Uh, And you get none of that here. And we just learn all about both of them through the way they interact with each other. And Mm -hmm. we learn, like, I feel like a lot about both of these characters. I think, too, it speaks to the idea that, like, because she doesn't
0: interact with people a lot, she doesn't really have any. You know, you know when you meet someone who like is talking at you and it's good and it's great but you got to go and they just can't take the hint that yep. you got to go and it's just it's just a disconnect that some yep. people can't read and like she has had very little training by way of social interaction yeah. that she misses all of these cues and that's one of those kinds of things that looking
2: at it one way is horrifying and looking at it another way is is downright hilarious. Yeah. yeah. Uh you want to get into the fandom thing cuz I oh, think yeah. that's like kind of the the really the the meat of what's interesting about this oh, to me now. Before
0: I yeah, lose yeah.
2: this thread. It's what I love about the Coen
0: brothers. Every single one of their movies could be either a comedy or a crazy thriller yeah. just depending on how you look at it. Yeah, totally. Uh uh, what? Why can't I think of it? Their very first movie. Blood, oh, Simple. Uh, Blood Simple. Yeah. Uh, Blood Simple is exactly the same sort of comedy of misunderstanding that causes everybody to yep. that, that a burn after reading is. Yep. But it's not it's not played for comedy <laughs> right. at all. Yeah. It's more, Whereas yeah. burn after reading, if they didn't do that comically and just treated it as this spiraling out of control situation, it could be a really good thriller. Yeah. But they choose comedy. Yeah. And yeah, I think that that a lot of the jokes here really walk that line. Yeah, and Rob Reiner's just good at kind of bouncing back and forth between each tone. Yeah, where it's the same material. Yep, but you just tweak it a little bit, like the way you're looking at it. Totally.
2: Yeah. Oh man, and he it's it's a pretty good looking movie too. Like, it I really, really looks like good. the way
0: it's like shot and framed and stuff. <sighs> I miss film, man. Yeah, I really me too. do. It's and I don't want to be that guy because digital movies look great. They do. I, I'm not yep. a, a hater on that, yep. but. Yep. It is wild that when you see something that you know is shot on film, yeah. it... it- it does evoke some sort of a, a nostalgia. Oh, you yeah. Know? Yeah.
2: This, I thought it looked great. It and it it's a different. really well like framed and shot movie, too. Mm. There's this couple of like uh, big tableaus right at the end uh, mm-hmm. after he uh, you know kills her, basically.
0: There's a lot of depth going on in each shot. You yeah. pointed out in the dinner scene, yeah. oh, which is dude. a great scene. So good. Another moment of tragedy and humor when yeah. she spills the drink that he's been saving up for weeks yeah. to put drugs into to knock her out or whatever it yeah. is. And in that moment she sees when she spills it the, the his face drops a mile and she's like, Oh, I'm so sorry that I ruined your toast. <laughs> yeah. And then he just has to do the like yeah, it's, uh, yeah. it's fine, Annie. You know, yeah. and but even in that scene you pointed out how just the way it was set up. The table was sitting on a bunch of books. A bunch of like phone books and a, a cookie tin. A cookie tin, the, the dance k- cookie tins that always become a sewing kit. Yes. In everyone's house when the cookies are gone. Yep. That's where the sewing kit goes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Spoons are in the same drawer. Yep. Dansk butter cookies from Christmas are always a sewing kit. Totally. These Dude, are lots. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. But also too the uh, way that's because that, he's on a wheelchair. And so yes. like she has to raise the
2: table up to get him underneath it. It's great. But detail. I love too
0: that even with that, the way that they're set up, yeah. she's sitting in a chair. That's slightly, slightly higher than higher his wheelchair, than and she's always above him, and that's maintained throughout the whole movie. Position of power, so exactly, and so much of of what uh, so much of of what we see is just a camera looking slightly upward as Annie yells into it, or talks yeah. into it, or emotes into it, and it's just smart framing where we do feel little like Paul, yeah. Um, even when they're wrestling at the end, they play with that a little bit, yeah. Where she's on top, he's on top, you know, and and ultimately it's you know he's on the bottom and has to fight from there yeah, for that yeah, final that's moment true. yeah, that's but it's a very smartly framed thing like that yeah. was not the way that they set that up was purposeful you know yeah. it could have ended with him on top of her smashing her totally. head in yeah. but they had to do it that way cuz it draws out the tension oh, and yeah. just keeps that visual theme Yeah, very smartly shot really really good a couple great dutch angles Yeah, uh, only used for to to show uh sort of a break from a from uh I don't want to say reality but a break from level-headedness
2: yeah it's like well it's only really used when annie like completely loses control yeah and she just is no longer even trying to keep any semblance of normalcy mm. you know it's there and it's in the
0: car crash at the beginning yeah um as she's pulling him out there's a couple that sort of just suggest the same motion that we see when we groggily stand up yeah and i, I think they used it for that so it's and we were talking about it while we watched it. Dutch angles can be awesome,
2: yeah. or garbage. Yep. There's really no middle ground, and yep. they nail a couple of them really good here. Which totally, is, is always impressive. It's to those me. ones right in the middle of the movie are like really well mm-hmm. used. They they come at a very effective moment. They bring you right into Annie's sort of her her kind of psyche in that moment, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, and that is like the way to use it is just to uh, establish. The way a character might be feeling, in a we scene. can't get her internal yeah, model. right. We, we don't have it, so yep. that gives us a little bit of yeah. just her break. This is going sideways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, where I feel like Tim Burton fucking uses them all the time to be like, "Isn't this house look crazy?" Oh,
0: yeah, you know, it's, it's better than a spiral one that's leaning. Yeah, exactly. Whoa. It's yeah. like okay, cool,
2: great, oh, man. How far are they have fallen? <laughs> <laughs> he's,
0: st- he's still got it. he's still oh. got it in him when he wants to, dude. But-
2: yeah. I, his brand is just shitty. I just, I know, yeah. I cannot knock the talent of that dude. I yeah, mean, he and he's made great films, but holy shit! I, yeah, I just, oh man, I would just love to see something that is. Someone
0: needs to take away his budget so that he yeah. has to make a movie again. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah. would love to see that because yeah. he can. Yeah,
2: I just, I don't need to see another Edward Scissorhands version of A, B, C, D, whatever. Isn't he know. doing Dumbo?
0: Yep. There's one scene in Dumbo that speaks to the Tim Burton aesthetic. It's the the, the crazy when trip down sequence. Yeah, yeah. yeah, the rest. Uh, yeah, we'll, yeah see. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. I just don't. Ama- I don't. I can't picture Johnny Depp being a good Dumbo. <laughs> I can't picture Helena Bonham Carter being a good Dumbo. Uh,
2: She's just going to be one of the crows, right? Aren't yeah, there, probably. Being characters in it.
0: I don't yeah. know. I. I'd, I don't get excited about those things me, me anymore neither. so I never me I never either. really
2: pay attention yeah. to the news. It's I am I'm, I'm like maybe interested in the Lion King but mostly cuz oh, yeah. I thought The Jungle Book was like way better than and it, it had right to be. Yeah. And yeah. plus that Lion King cast is whoo, yeah, very yeah. good. Good music but in that too. We're being
0: fanboys right yeah, now. So exactly, that'll be your yes. segue. So uh, de- that's fine.
2: You. It's I so you brought this up actually and I'm like very interested in this and kind of unpacking this here. Uh is this idea that like this movie uh, from nineteen ninety is it's not that fandom fandom definitely existed in nineteen ninety with Star Trek and Star Wars and things oh, like that like existed
0: forever yeah yeah like it just wasn't the same beast that it is
2: now yeah fandom was already a thing um but uh, you know with the advent of the internet fandom kind of becomes a new thing and it mm-hmm. evolves again into something that I I I think you and I probably agree is like maybe a little toxic at this point oh absolutely uh and, and this movie seems to kind of be a little prescient as far as. <laughs> There was a piece, I think it was on
0: Birth, Movies, Death. It probably was. Yeah, Um, That was about how prescient this was. I'm not going to pull it up because we'll come to our own conclusions. But I remember reading it and being just blown away where I was like, that's that's really spot on because she is the ultimate
2: toxic fan. She literally decides that what he did with the characters that he created is not. What should be done with those characters? It does no justice to those characters, and forces him to write a different end for those characters, or not even an end, just a a further continuation for those characters. When we talked about it, when we had Tank in here for uh, yes. for about at what point does
0: the creation become? owned by its consumers as yep. opposed to the creator. And some would say never. Some would say... I, I'm a, I'm more on the it's a case-by-case case basis thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think that's where the toxicity of fandom comes from, short of just when people are just being racist or sexist Ye- yeah. or just yeah, shitheads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that that infects any sort of
2: social construct where just dickheads yeah, come Yeah, that out. in and of itself is like bad. It doesn't, yeah, that's, you know, it's that's, not necessarily exclusive yeah. to fandom. It's yeah. kind of everywhere. Yeah.
0: But in fandom, I think where it comes from is this idea that... Because I consume what you put out, yeah, I am now entitled to a product that suits my tastes. Yes, and that's a we saw it with Star Wars coming out. Now the big yep. complaint was it didn't feel like Star Wars to me. Yep, and you know I I used to always make the joke with Man of Steel. People are like Superman wouldn't do that, and I go, okay, you can make an argument for that that makes sense, but yes, he would because the people who own him said he <laughs> right. would, and yeah. showed. I just watched him, yeah, do it, you know, yeah. and so. And so then the question is, who's right? And yeah, in that case, I would say there really isn't a right answer right, necessarily. because right. yeah. you know Superman is almost public domain now; he's <laughs> right. been around. But we do see it in fandom where we feel like we are owed a certain product. Yeah, but also owed a certain quality within those limitations that we put it, and it it seems an unfair burden to creators, and it it breeds contempt where there shouldn't be. Right. You know,
2: and I like I said, I still case by case is where i land well, on it. This movie explores like a really interesting angle of of that though where it is um it you know it it, it is definitely illustrating this sort of this um problematic nature that fans have like uh to claim ownership over mm-hmm. the stories, right? Uh and so the movie is definitely looking at that, this ownership that fans tend to claim. But then it's also showing us that that feeling of ownership comes from this connection to this material yes. that is almost spiritual. You know, this like this connection mm-hmm. to the material where it's like she literally describes moments from her life to him and then tells him how they directly connect to his books. Mm-hmm. She literally, and, and I have similar things where like there are sort of like big uh, kind of emotional, you know, you have these like emotional thresholds throughout your life almost where like, you you know you lose like a grandparent or something, and that like kind of like takes you into this new plateau of mm-hmm. of you know oh I didn't know I was capable of like feeling this and getting through this blah blah blah. I do attach sometimes like uh, um, uh, pop culture to those things, was, right? There are certain we songs I connect very to. specifically about this when we did High Fidelity. Oh yes, where it
0: was that's a movie that every time I see it almost teaches me something that I shows me something about myself that I didn't that I didn't know. Yes, and if they made High Fidelity two. I would feel some type of way right. because of because of that connection, right? Yeah. yeah,
2: it's and it's um, you know, it's like people get really upset anytime they talk about like a Back to the Future remake or something, mm-hmm. and that oh, is I would be very mad, right? And, and it's like <laughs> why, why, like yeah, yeah, it's just born of this, like I don't know, I grew up with those movies, I, they were my childhood, I feel very connected to them. My my idea of Marty McFly as the infinite cool. Mm-hmm. like would be undone by anyone else doing it for any other reason in any other year than 1985. You know what I mean? It's like mm-hmm. all of those things would come crashing down around that idea. The uh, less the less fervent uh, new Ghostbusters haters. Yes. Because I,
0: I personally, I believe that a lot of that was just based in just cold sexism. Yes. But I think uh, there were people that made, I don't want to say a valid point, but an understandable point that got lumped in with those folks. Yes. That did feel that kind of thing where they said this isn't Ghostbusters, so I don't want it under that brand. Right. And in that case, I always champion the Ghostbusters is still there. You yeah. can still watch it. Yeah. Meanwhile, if they made you know Back to the Future, I would swallow my pride and say, Yeah, I'll, I'll watch a new one. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch an all lady Back to the. F- Actually, I kind of would like to say, <laughs> <"That'd> be, <laughs> be cool. cool. Be but <laughs> at the same time, it's like there'd be a piece of me that's like, I don't want to be against this, but it does kind of sting. Yeah. And. You know, and so I guess the the key is to not let that become a toxic thing, right? But
2: uh, in the case of Annie, that's what I think is so interesting about yeah. Annie is that like it is addressing this this thing that that again in 1990 feels like like I, I it it I, I mean I guess I you know I, w- I was three in 1990 mm. so I I guess I don't have a lot of context for well, Stephen King famously reads a lot of his fan
0: mail, right? So in a way, I'm sure he's experienced some sort of reaction to any something he's written from fans that he read and either thought, Oh, that's a good idea or who the fuck are you? you know? Yeah.
2: And so it's it's Arguably based in some sort of experience. Yeah, and I mean, you know? I, you know, I want to make these big, grand statements, like, man, in 1990, who would have known we were going to get to oh, where yeah. we are now and how prescient? But it's like I, I know, you know, it is
0: true though. They couldn't have predicted because that, that's the other thing too is that she is a lone fan who has yeah. created her her own way that misery yes. should be. But there's no such thing as that now because right. it is fandom. Yes, and so it's I can get an idea that I go ah, I didn't really like that, and someone else goes Well, I didn't really like this. And you go Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and it snowballs into something bigger just because we have more connectivity. Right. It's just wild that the same
2: theme rises. Well, it's interesting that this this story is already kind of connecting those two threads of mm-hmm. the of the ownership that fans feel over the material but also the you know the reason why this like this this almost spiritual connection they feel that they have to the material because mm-hmm. it they they can they recontextualize their own you know significant emotional experiences Through these fictional characters in Mm -hmm. some way, you know, and it helps them get through things like their husband leaving them or, you know, we find out she murdered, you know, Mm -hmm. that's the thing. It's like, like we said before, when she murdered him, it
0: to her, it wasn't a choice. It was the thing that needed to be done. And so it still feels like a tragic loss. Right. Right.
2: Yeah. And so it's just it's interesting. It's, you know, it gets a little complicated because Annie, like, is just like a mass murderer by the end of the Mm -hmm. movie um but you know i i do think that stuff is still there and and present and it's i don't know it's investigating this very interesting kind of uh, gray area uh, of fandom where it's like well mm-hmm. it you know i do have this spiritual connection to star wars right and and that's kind of a cool interesting like good thing that this author you mm-hmm. know george lucas provided to me but now that i have that very spiritual connection to it and it is truly spiritual like yeah. Don't turn it into something I don't like. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And it's like it's it's mine now. You know, mm. it's like I you can't you you know, anything you do could take that away from me at any moment. Because well, you're in a way defining yourself a right. little
0: bit with it. And yes. so when they change what the definition of it yes. is, you then have to change yourself in right. some type of way, or at least that's how it's perceived and how it feels. Yeah. You know, that's it's interesting,
2: tough. too, because then, you know, the series that he's famous for is called Misery. Mm-hmm. The character's name is Misery. There's a lot of great double entendre jokes throughout the movie. Oh, that's so good. Especially that's the dinner scene. that I scene. think comes in in the movie and not in the book. Yeah. yeah cheers, a toast. A toast To Misery. To Misery. Yeah. And it's interesting that you're saying now, too, it's like, hey, you can't change what this means to me. Yeah. And literally, that's what this movie is about, is misery being, ch- the meaning of misery being changed for her, right? Uh, And so then, when she's toasting like to misery, it's like at that point, like it has already changed, and she's like doing. She's literally scrambling to kind of bring it back to what it did mean. You know, it's it's so interesting. With
0: the Star Wars prequels, that was the hardest thing I think people had to do with the Star Wars prequels. And I didn't get to experience this because we were too young when the first Star Wars were out. But the the people who were, we'll say, in their twenties when the Star Wars movies came out had to make peace with the fact that the prequels were only a little bit for them. Right. You know, they were actually enough. And that's something that's very difficult to reckon with, is when the things that you love are no longer being made for you. They're being made for whoever's next. And with hers, with the character of Misery dying, she's now seeing well this thing that i one of the few things i look forward to yeah is also going to be gone yeah and i can't just say i like paul sheldon books right because his new ones have ignoble language yes, but you right. know like yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's it's the same thing when you know i turn i i mean i've always been whatever about the prequels they never yeah. like pissed me right. off um i never jumped into the hate but i never loved them but i've grown to like them when i started to see kids watching them and it really working for them and it's like that's who that was for yeah you know and and even the joke about naming the gravedigger annie wilkes that was her appreciating just the right level of fan service yes which is the hardest i don't envy any and i don't envy any creator who's working in someone else's sandbox because you have to fan service yep and you you can't
2: (laughs) fan service like the wrong way yeah Tightrope, tight, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's she's... the the Luke moment at the end of uh, the Last Jedi. Without mm-hmm. getting into spoilers, uh, is something that is highly contested, and I think mm-hmm. that's why. Oh, absolutely. It's like exactly that. Is is it's like it's servicey, but there's a there's a level to it that I it hits a threshold that some people are like, nope, mm-hmm. I'm done. You well, know? And even now, there's people that that
0: they don't want Star Wars without those characters, right. and the fact of the matter is they're they're quite literally. Going to die, yes, and 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 some have, and it's they don't want to let go of them because there's these new characters that yeah. aren't necessarily designed to suit them, yeah, and you know that for Star Wars to to just go with it and be like I actually just like Star Wars would be the same as if Andy just said I just like Paul Sheldon, right? But the people who are holding on. They're like, but I like Luke, yeah. You right. know, and that's, yep. I'm sorry, but he's in his 60s. So yeah. <laughs> there's only so much we can do. Yeah, right? it's, yeah, time marches on. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a tough thing to, because it's also, I find as I get older, nostalgia is, is great, mm-hmm. but it also really hurts, too, yeah. because it's a quick, playful glimpse at your own mortality. Yeah, And I always joke that, the hardest thing to deal with is knowing that I will never see the last Star Wars movie, right? Because it's going to keep happening for as long as, as movies can be made, yep. and eventually I'm not going to be here. Yep, that sucks. I want to know, you know. And, and in On Writing the Stephen King book, he talked about why he finished The Dark Tower. Oh, yeah, was yeah. after he got hit by the car. Before that, people sent him fan letters that were like, I have terminal cancer, I need to know how this ends, please. Yeah, and he couldn't do anything because he didn't know how it ended. Yeah. And when he faced mortality, it became, I want to know how this story ends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's just a tough thing to think about. Yeah. You know, his is an extreme circumstance. Yes, yep. For someone like Annie, it's an extreme circumstance. But a little bit of why new Star Wars can hurt, I think, is when people go, oh, this is for someone who's right. 15.
2: Yep. I am 33. That's That's a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, our, our generation definitely is currently struggling with like literally like ha- like like having to grow up mm-hmm. and and definitively not wanting to. You know, who would want to, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't yeah. want to grow up right now. Yeah. Ugh, the people who do serious things are a joke, right? So it's very weird. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, I just think it's fascinating that this movie like really gets into a very interesting territory with the notion of fandom. You know, not long before fandom was a thing, it was mm-hmm. definitely a thing. Uh, but like before, it just like snowballs into this like enormous, you know, uh, toxic, very toxic well, it's kind this, of. You owe me
0: right. this, and it's like they don't owe you yeah. another Star Wars, they don't owe you another misery. Not, yeah, but you know that's and and that's the thing is I think you get the idea of oh these are this is being made for me, right? And then when you don't like it, it's yeah, exactly. And, that's a, that's a toxic thing of fandom. Yeah. i like to misery gets into the idea of, you know, the, uh, once again, in on writing, the first rule that I think I think it's one of the first rules that he drops down is the first thing you should be asking yourself is, is it readable? Oh, you should always be writing with the reader in right. mind. Yeah. And that's a tough thing, because in a sense, you are. What's the I mean, yes, you can write things for yourself, but if you are a writer who sells books, you have to make something that people want to read. Right. And so what a tough thing to do to maintain your integrity and writing something that's true to you and is good and speaks to your talent, but also does serve these fans. Yeah. And I think that's something, you know, that's a little bit of Paul's arc in there, too, but also speaks to the fandom thing. Uh, nowadays, we do see creators taking feedback from fans, True. and then it becomes even murkier because yeah. it's well. You were listening. Why didn't you listen to this? Yeah, and it's tough, and yeah. it's it's just wild that before we were able to have that murkiness, yeah. Misery was really depicting how murky it can get. Yeah, it's Misery is literally the story of the DCEU, like Yeah, oh, twenty yeah. years before it happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is so wild. Yeah, but it's you know if if we tied down Ryan Johnson and said bring Luke back. Yeah. You know, it would be neat to see Luke back. Sure, it's great, but sure. then the question is, who? You know, do we do that because it's our story, or do right. we actually just want to hear his story? Right.
2: So funny this became about Star Wars. I, yeah, yeah, I know. But it's, it's the perfect example. Perfect example, and it it happens to be like flaring up right now. So it's mm-hmm. a really perfect example. It's really weird that
0: it's flaring up. It's I can't crazy. believe. And, and so that's that's the thing is she would rather die without misery than live to have as many Paul Sheldon books as she can, right? Because he's very clearly a good writer. Everyone yep. seems to like his stuff, and I would rather sit through a hundred bad Star Wars on the promise of more of them coming. Yep. But some people wouldn't,
2: right? And like, yeah, and she's the extreme of that. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. <laughs> it like, blows my mind. Yeah. It's uh oh man, I'm so glad that this I. It's so weird that we sat down to watch this because we were like, let's watch like a cool like little yeah, thriller like cool. genre thing, and then by the end of it, we're like, oh, this is so relevant. Like that always happens whenever we sit down and watch. It's like, oh, this is crazy. I mean, relevant. it shows what's on our mind. Yeah. But I think this really it, is keying yeah. into that, and yeah. it is
0: because as a pop author, I wouldn't say Stephen King's famously inter. I mean, he has a Twitter, yeah, but uh, I wouldn't say he's like super interactive or anything. Right. But he has always maintained in his head that it's important to have a relationship with the fans, right. at least in terms of. I have to be readable for them. Right. You know, this has to be a book that they want to read or else, what is it? He's making entertainments and he knows exactly. you know? And he's he's without a doubt my favorite writer. Yeah. And I think there was a period of time where that was considered, he was, I don't want to say low, but he was considered just a pop writer. And it's only somewhat recently that it started to, you know, we can come out of the closet and say, No, he's actually like a tremendous craftsman and a tremendous and he's thematically strong
2: and all of that. And he just found a vessel that we can we can eat it through. I didn't read him growing up because I thought of him as, like, an airport author. Yes, exactly. You know what, what I mean? That's the term, yep. Like, that. that's how I perceived him. And it wasn't until I got older that I had seen some, like, movie adaptations of his books that were, like, some of my favorite movies that I was like, mm-hmm. well, I should probably read some of these fucking books. And they're very good. They're really good. He's a good writer. He's my favorite, hands yeah. down. It,
0: it's... Even even his you know lesser books yeah they're just fun to hang out with the characters <laughs> yeah yeah they're just always so yeah. good
2: he's great at characterization that's like mm-hmm. my favorite thing about his writing he's so good at just I mean like the stand is probably the best example of it because God, there's so, so many good. fucking characters in that book and every single one of them feels so distinct and like they have I their still own think about voice. Harold yeah dude yes. when Harold
0: starts losing weight and getting confident because there's no candy around yep. that's like a really cool moment and yep. I, that always resonated with me yeah. yeah. That's the, yeah, he's I remember Stephen King's characters names. Yeah. I remember Buster the cop and his <laughs> wife Virginia, <laughs> yeah. who we don't even get to see the tragedy of the fact that that she's now just old oh widow my Virginia. Oh god, I know. Man, and, what a great moment. Oh, Holy yeah. shit. That is whew, Yeah. That that's another thing that I think is is I don't want to say a trope, but just something that tends to happen in these single location movies is the savior arrives and yeah. then is killed. Yeah. Um, that is classic. And this one's really heartbreaking because the savior is characterized. Yeah. Um, it's a very similar function to, uh, what's his name in the shining?
2: Yeah. Uh, Scanlon cruthers plays him. Yes. Why can't uh, I think of his, now I'm talking about, how I love all the names. Uh, ha- and I can't remember it. Ha- ha- har- Harlan. Ha- ha- oh God. It's something like that. That's something. Is it I'm Harlan? Here talking a big thing about how I remember all his
0: characters' names. Yeah. And then this is the, well, you know.
2: Oh, what is it? Oh, it's definitely with an H I think. Uh, Oh my God, Halloran, Halloran, yeah, Halloran. Halloran. That's it. I kept saying Harlan. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Harland Williams. Yeah, yeah, Harlan. What? Huh? Har- well, Halloran, Halloran, Dick Halloran. Yeah, Halloran. Yes. Mm. Uh, yeah, exactly. It's it's so funny how similar this is actually to The Shining when you think about like some of the just like. Really basic plot elements in the structure Mm -hmm. of it. It's pretty similar.
0: He dips into certain things that you can tell he came up with a new theme to do it. There's From a Buick Eight, there's Christine. Right. And it, you know, he'll tap into certain things that just. One of my favorite things is in Cujo there's a scene that goes, there's a few scenes that go into the mind of the dog oh, wow. and it's the dog doing regular dog things. And Stephen King must've been a dog in his past <laughs> life because he captures what it's like to be a dog, yep. but he also captures the rabid descent into literal rabies oh, interesting. within the dog. Yeah. Um, there's a scene in, I think it's black house, the uh-huh. novel that he wrote with, uh, Peter Straub. Okay. And, um, it's the talisman and a uh, black right. Their sequels, pretty good. I, I wasn't huge on them, but he does that same thing where there's uh, a, a body is found because a random dog that is in the thing is just visited by a spirit <laughs> okay. and it's, it goes into the dog's point of view and he just kind of smells the spirit and follows it to this body. Yeah. And it almost feels like a cheap thing for a body to be found that way. But it was him just going, Oh, I have this great device that I, that I've, can do a million things with and i'm just going to repeat it yeah and so you know okay we got a writer trapped in a bed yeah okay we've got a writer trapped in a hotel yeah okay we've got a housewife trapped in a bed and like he uses these same things to just different ends yeah that's tough to make that not cheap
2: yeah i know that's it's so interesting that he's able to like you know it Uh, this is a harsh way to say it, but like recycle his own premises, but but he'll do it to get at like really interesting, like different sort of thematics Mm -hmm. uh, uh, from story to story, which is kind of worthwhile, I think. Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He even does in the sequel to the shining,
0: uh, Uh, Dr. Sleep, Dr. Sleep. Did you read that? I didn't yet. It's very good. Yeah. And um, it's no, the shining, but it's a very good, and it's hardly a sequel. You can read it on its own, but you know, it ties in, but there's a character of a cat That at an old folks home, whenever someone's about to die, they always seem to know that this cat... Will end up in their room uh-huh. and usually is there when they die and then leaves. Okay. Yep. And so, if I remember correctly, I don't know if it dips into the cat's brain, but it does that same thing where it yeah. characterizes the cat to use that same thing as the cujo device and yep. the black house yep. device. Yeah, it's interesting. He's the man. Yeah. <laughs> he is the man. Yeah. And then, okay, so Gerald's game, mm-hmm. the one that is about a uh, woman and her husband who are trying to rekindle their marriage, which is uh, now a movie on Netflix. Now a movie on Netflix. It's a Flanagan? very good one, Mike Flanagan. And yeah. it's a very good movie, but where it's inferior. To something like misery is that it is just harrowing, right? It's just that thriller, it's her tied to a bed, yeah, but uh, it's so fucked up, you know, because they're rekindling their marriage and they try some BDSM and then he just heart attacks and oh, now she's stuck to the God. bed tied to it. And you know, they're just at a weekend home in the middle of Holy nowhere. Holy shit, it's wild, yeah. Um, and it's a really good, I haven't read the book, but it's a really good little movie, yeah. It's got it has a the scene, yeah, 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 <laughs> cool, the scene, yeah, but uh. Um, I forget where I was going. Oh, but that's a movie that takes that premise. Yeah. And I imagine the book takes that premise of tied to a bed and goes full on harrowing. Yeah. Whereas misery is less about the surviving of the situation and more about the character in a play. Yeah. Yeah. And so, once again, similar theme trapped to a bed. Yep. You know, but a similar plot device, sorry, but used to a different theme. Yep. Yeah. Man. Love it. There's Uh, probably a million of those. Yeah. Of just like, yeah.
2: There's got to be uh you want to talk uh single location movies you yeah feel like we got this I down feel like
0: there's something else i wanted to say about the whole fandom thing
2: oh i don't know but i i
0: i think what's cool about it is it doesn't seem to come down uh really any which way in terms of now of course you know rabid fandom is is of course awful or yeah. toxic fandom yeah. we'll yeah. call it which is what annie represents yes but it really is good at characterizing the struggle of the creator trying to meet all of those masters without condemning the idea of fandom. Right. Because uh, uh, Dick Farnsworth, Buster, Mm -hmm. he starts really enjoying the misery books. He's blowing through them once he starts picking them up. And, you know, it it speaks to the fact that, that this guy is a good writer, but you know, people do like this and it's good to like these things. Yeah. So, you know I like that it doesn't really have anything hard to say about it, right, but it it meditates on the idea that's just like nowadays we could look at misery and go, we could all be a little bit better about this, yes. you know, like we could yeah. all be a little bit better about yeah.
2: this, and
0: you know yeah i don't
2: I, it's not condemning uh uh oh what's her name now, um Annie uh for enjoying those books. Mm-mm. Um it is but I think it is maybe condemning Annie for uh thinking that she has any kind of ownership over yes, those Yes, Exactly, you know? exactly. Yeah. And that's that
0: is where the fandom question
2: yeah. always ends is who owns it, and right. it's it's
0: a tough question because yeah. in some cases the fans like kind of do. Yeah, you know, I I can't think of a good one. Well, for that. it's
2: like we were saying. I do think one of the things that nobody says this out loud, but I think one of the things the movie illustrates is that he does learn from Annie that like, oh right, this stuff is important to her, mm. and it it's does not con- low art. Right, it does connect with her in a way, like mm. a very personal way, actually, uh, and seems to have uh, spoken to her in, in times of um, you know great stress, mm. um, and. So, like, the, he should learn to appreciate that about what he's doing and, and um, you know, maybe play maybe play into that a little bit as he, re- you know, if he's going to, if he's going to continue making them, maybe that's okay to play into that a little bit. Oh, absolutely. This is, you know, this is people's comfort food to some extent.
0: Well, because he goes into it saying, I want to write a book for me. And at the yep. end, he does write a book for yep. him that turns out to be really good. Yeah. But... With this hard lesson that he learned, that it is important that he feed, yes. you know, he feed the the consumers. Yeah, you know, he, that's, he consider that's cool. his audience. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that was a. Uh, did you ever see the People versus George Lucas? I didn't. It's it's a like a light little documentary, yeah. just
2: sort of about the fandom of yeah. Star Wars and like, what it means. That was like post prequels, but like right after the prequels that came out, I think right.
0: Maybe. I mean, it was it's a few years ago. Yeah. It, it, the last prequel was what, like 2005, 2006? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I guess it was probably like 2010. So yeah. somewhere in there. We weren't getting new Star right. Wars yet. But the one thing that it goes through the ups and downs of, of you know, just when the fans are bad, the fans are good. When yeah. George Lucas was bad, when George Lucas was yeah, good. Yeah. And the very end of the movie is just kind of a montage of people saying, like, you know, how do you feel about George Lucas? And everybody you know, who didn't like the prequels or was caught up in the, the yeah, fervor of the yeah. prequels hate all kind of came down on this thing where they were like, well, you know, like they are his movies. Yeah. And I, I do hope that, that they keep making them, you know, yeah, like it yeah. was, and that's, I, I liked that sentiment of it. And I, yes. I always tried to keep that in my head when yeah. I have the inclination to be a, a toxic fan.
2: Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, that, that I don't even, I don't want to keep like bringing it back to star Wars, but that is always how I dealt with the prequels too. It was just like, you know, that's, these are his movies to make, mm-hmm. and uh, you know we can love them or hate them. That doesn't matter. But we can it's, take them or leave yeah, them. Yeah, they're his movies to make. Yeah. Um.
0: Oh, remember Lost? Lost had because midway through there was there was a writer's strike. Yep. And so they just had to spin the wheels. Yep. And then there was so much uh theorizing online, yep. and they started to play into the theories. Yep. Then there was outright requests like this is what needs to happen, <laughs> yep. or I'll hate it when this yep. happens. And between. The fans asking and the creators giving, but also not giving. And the fans also, you know, not at, it it ended up becoming very contentious for a lot of people. Yes. And it's because we were still learning that mix yeah. of who owns
2: what and yeah. you know, what do we deserve, what do we get. It's yeah. it's wild. It is really wild. Uh yeah, so it's just such an interesting topic, and I can't believe this movie addresses it so uh with such nuance, uh, you know, for its time, I guess because um, I, I even took a in this is weird, but in college I took a class on fandom. Oh, cool. Uh and like I'm pretty sure it didn't start getting written about like academically until like the early nineties. So like this movie probably does actually like kind of predate the notion of like, you know, breaking like like going like fandom, what is it? Yeah. How yeah. does it work? Like why it's do not people labeled react? yet, right? Yeah. 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 Uh which is pretty fascinating that it has such a nuanced approach to it like that early, you know?
0: But I think even then, I think it, it, It probably existed more in books than in any other medium. I would guess. Short of Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, because there's
2: like, there's James Bond fans and there's Sherlock Holmes fans and there's, you know. Well, and there's movies
0: where we would do one or two.
2: It wasn't trying to
0: create a brand out of movies. It was trying to create a series. Right. But like a lot of authors would create a brand. And link their books to a million different series and it becomes a thing. I mean, there have been Lord of the Rings fans since there have been Lord of the Rings books. And that's, you know, almost a century ago. And it's, yeah, that's. It did exist, just it didn't have a name. We knew about Trekkies. Right. And, you know, but now there's, you know, there's more conventions for anything you can name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's My Little Pony conventions. (laughs) Right. You know, that's because we like that brand. Yeah. Oh, it's so crazy. It's crazy. Oh, and at the same time, it's like the best time to be alive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't subscribe to the whole, oh, they don't make anything new. Right. They make a ton of new. Yeah. And and it's everywhere. Yeah. And you can find it on your your watch if you want to watch it. Yeah, yeah. And they're making old stuff again. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah keep it's pretty it coming. cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm in. Plus mm-hmm. that new Star Wars was fucking was so good. So
2: good. It was so good. I can't stop thinking about how good that movie was. I finally they put a picture out of the uh the throne room fight. Oh it's yeah. It's just like a perfect still of that. Well, I don't wanna I don't wanna do any spoilers, but yeah, there's just like a perfect still from that throne room fight that, that Star Wars just like put out. Yeah and yeah. I literally saved it immediately. I was like, Yep, gotta have that. Gonna yep. need that, gonna need to post that It'll all the time, forever. Yep uh let's do some lists let's talk about some uh what were we calling these single not even single location stuck in a small space stuck in a small space yeah because i that was so i tried to i ended up having a lot of movies because again i think this is actually it turns out this is a genre you and i are both just like yes please all of it more of it uh so i had to really hone in on the idea of it being a small space i tried to anyway there's a couple that maybe stretch that but I tried to hone in on the idea that it's a that it's a rather small space, okay, uh, or at the very least, like super contained.
0: Yeah, I tried to contained is really the angle I want. Yeah, went. and I, these aren't necessarily my favorites, but I tried to do it in terms of showing the wide swath of what can be done with that conceit, mm-hmm. and and so that's kind of the the angle I took. And actually, I think in uh in uh what's it called. In saying that, I want to move mine around a little bit. That sounds good. But I actually have a note here... that, that I, I want to bring up about Misery that I just Oh said. yeah, please. I wrote Fangirl hates retcons. Oh yeah And yes. there's that great moment where she talks about these the movie serials that she used to watch yep. and how in this one a car went off a cliff and they thought that the guy was dead yep. and then they reveal later, much like Michelle Rodriguez was revealed in Fast 6, he, he jumped out of the car at the yep. last second and she was enraged when she saw this because that's not what happened. She saw it happen. And so there was a retcon that yep. didn't sit well with her, yep. which
2: is a huge
0: Huge point of contention yes. in fandom, and that's that. Huge. I'm
2: so glad you brought that up because that is also just like one of those moments where it's like they are literally pinpointing two decades before this stuff starts mm-hmm. to happen, exactly the kind of thing that engenders exactly that kind of rage mm-hmm. in these fans. I was so pissed watching
0: Insidious three and four, yeah, because. In Cities 1 and 2 are a closed story. In Cities 3 is a prequel to that, starring the woman who died in the first movie. And then the fourth one is a sequel to that prequel, also starring <laughs> that woman. There's a moment in Insidious yeah. where there's these two like ghost hunter lackeys that yeah. end up becoming the goddamn focal point of the series. Of course, see something explicitly supernatural for the first time, <laughs> and they get really scared. Yeah. And it's very comical because they're presented as like those ghost hunter guys that we yeah. all mock. Yeah, and uh, then when they see something, they like, oh shit, that was yeah. actually real, and it's a funny moment. And now I find, you know, all these movies later that they've had two whole movies yeah. of just crazy, explicitly supernatural yeah. stuff. So it was a retcon that just didn't work for yeah. me because it didn't make
2: sense. So for the same reason yeah. Annie was mad, I was mad. Yep. <laughs> yep. It's yeah, it's we are all guilty of these. And, you know, so I think then. That comes down to, like, there's probably some intrinsic storytelling thing there that we're all tapping into, or it's like, that doesn't mm-hmm. feel right to me. That doesn't work for my brain. It, my, mm-hmm. my brain wants something else out of that. Uh, but, uh, you know, again, the other side of that coin is like, but it's not your story. It's like, not my That's, story. Yeah. I just always my problem with like prequelizing things yeah. is
0: we'll call it the midichlorian problem yes. which is you're doing top down character building yep. where you are taking characters that everyone knows and then just filling in blanks that weren't blanks because we didn't need them. Yep. So it's like we didn't need to explain the force. Yep. Now we have this explanation nobody liked that. And that's not necessarily a retcon, but it it is a thing where it's like that's information that that you know and so with insidious they took three side characters yeah and made them the main characters it's like these are people that were designed not to be fleshed out (laughs) yeah and now you're over fleshing them out to like fill some need you think i have yeah but apparently people do so you know yeah
2: what are you gonna do uh so
0: we have these uh trapped in a small space
2: yeah i'm okay mine are like all genre movies except for one so i'll i'll get that out of the way right up top i mean i guess it's a genre movie I put compliance on my list. That's on my honorable mentions. Yeah, I was going to I was wondering if you were going to put that in there. That movie is intense as fuck uh, and is uh, boy, is it even scarier maybe now today where it's like, oh, yeah, right. This is literally happening all the time. I mean, not l- this particular situation, but just these kinds of abuses are, are literally uh, knocking down our door all the time. Mm-hmm. Um but so compliance takes place entirely in the back room of a fast food restaurant uh, and almost entirely over the phone. Uh, where Pat Healy plays the creepiest character he'll play in his entire career and he never even really appears on screen. And we're talking about the guy who is in Cheap Thrills. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But uh, it's fucked. It is fully fucked. Like I, I don't even necessarily recommend you see it except that it's super good. Actually, I'll
0: put it this way. Something happens in that movie that when I was watching it, I was like, I was on board but that would never happen. Uh-huh. And then I looked up the many stories it was based on, and it always happened. Uh-huh. And that
2: really shook me.
1: Yeah,
0: it's
2: yeah, it's fucked. It's you know, it's one of those movies. that's like about like um, what was that experiment where it was like they they told people like, hey, if you press this button, you'll electrocute the person on the oh, other yeah, side yeah. of the glass. It's it's one of those kind of things where mm. it's just if someone who appears to be an authority tells you to do
0: something the the experiment questions is it the natural human inclination to show to just, deference to, yeah, to the that, authority cuz i believe the uh, the the way that that experiment was was someone in a room would be sitting in a chair and this a person in a lab coat with a clipboard would tell you to press this button yeah. and shock them and do increasing shocks, yeah. and the person in the chair was just an actor that went yes. crazy with yep. each one, and they were testing to see if how many people cranked it all the way up to ten yep. at the to, at the command
2: of a you know person who looks like they know what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: That's scary.
2: And that's very much what compliance is about, but with um, uh, much more dangerous harrowing stakes. Yeah, uh, it's... All, all in the back of a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is... And the, so part of the reason this movie is on my list, by the way, is it's like crazy cinematic for a movie that takes place over the phone in the back of a fast food restaurant. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's like really well done, and it, it, um, it has the sort of energy of a thriller, Mm-hmm. Um uh, which it is ostensibly, um e- even though again, like not actually a lot is really happening. It's not thrilling,
0: but it it's not so coldly punishing right. that it that it becomes that kind of a thing. Although right. it's close. It's And out is so good She's in that movie. So, so gr- great good. in that Whew. movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. It's, and I yeah. think the small space suits it because if they were allowed to leave that restaurant, things would be different. Yep. But when you get stuck in an environment, you just start to kind of
2: behave by the rules of that vacuum. I literally think like the light of day could have like broken yep. the spell of, of what was happening, you mm-hmm. know, but stuck in that back little room under the intense. Uh, what are those lights like the oh, uh, fluorescent, yeah, lights. fluorescent yeah. lights, screaming customers, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. That's a good one. That, yeah. that was on my honorable mentions. Yeah.
0: I I bumped one because I have two like crazy horror movies on here, so yeah. I'll do one that's in the same vein as that. Have you ever seen Tape? No. Tape is a Richard Linklater movie. Okay. It is, uh, I think it was a play first. It's got Ethan Hawke, Uma Thurman, and oh, I'm not going to remember that guy's name. Either way, it's just three people. Ethan Hawke is in a hotel room. Yeah. And he, uh, his old buddy from school, is in town. Many yep. many years later, because he just directed a movie. Oh. So they're going to hang out. And Ethan Hawke is just like a you know volunteer firefighter, but a drug dealer, that kind of thing' yeah, just like yeah, yeah. one guy's very successful, one guy's not yeah and Uma Thurman is a girl that like they both maybe kind of dated back in the day okay. and so then it becomes sort of this ego trip where they're sort of trying to convince her that one of them raped her back in the day weird and but it, it's just a talkie and it gets yeah. really intense, but it's another one where. If one person just cracks open the door of this hotel room and steps outside, things yeah. might clear up. Yeah. But as it snowballs, it's because of that situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's tape. It's it's great. That sounds yeah. interesting. It's a good movie. It's short, quick. It's yeah. a play movie, Link, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good. Link later. Yeah. Robert Sean Leonard is that guy's name. Robert Sean <laughs> Leonard. He was on House MD for a while. Okay. You'd know his face. He's not yeah. like a big actor. Okay. I don't know why that popped in my head.
2: Uh, I'll make sure I did that right. Uh, I'm trying. Okay. I think next I'm going to toss out a little cube on you, my friend. Cube. I knew that was going to make it on your list, so I didn't put it on mine. I love cube. Cube is great. I love cube so much. And cube is so cool because it is like this tight, claustrophobic, single location movie that is technically maybe ever expansive and never ends. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? It's like it, it is an infinite space that is... Infinitely claustrophobic, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is a very interesting idea. That's kind of cool. Uh, it's almost the 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 notion of the size of it contributes to how claustrophobic you feel
0: in well, it. The the device of it is that you can always be making progress. Yes. the illusion of progress yes. can be happening. Uh, so you're you're not trapped in a small space, but but you are. Yes, that's a really I like Cube a lot. I love Cube. That's one of the few like Twilight zoning movies that. You don't go, oh, this would probably have just been a better episode of The Toy. Like, it's, right. it actually justifies being a movie. I think so. That's a cool flick. It,
2: it's really good. And it, it it's very B movie ish. It's got, like, kind of a terrible cast that is perfect mm. because that's. It was a college production, if I remember correctly. I think yeah. so, yeah. It, it, like, it should have the cast that it has. You know what mm. I mean? It, like, it actually w- all works in I wouldn't favor want stars of in that itself, movie. I it think. It would end up being yeah. weird, yeah. I think it all works in favor of itself. Cube is cool as hell. Like uh, and And I just, it is. You know, the other thing is, as far as uh, talking about, like, it's, a you know, escape movies. Like, often these things mm-hmm. are escape movies. That is an escape movie. Oh, that's the goal. Yeah. To escape. Yep. Uh, and and escape a series of traps. And it's about mm-hmm. winning things. And it's, yeah. yeah and what, what's
0: your ability that puts you in this situation? Yes. Yeah. There's, uh, I don't want to spoil, but there's, like, a, a mid-movie reveal on that mm-hmm. that, like, shattered me. And it's... You know they they figure out like the numbers mean yes. something, and if yes. I think if it's a prime number, then yes. there's no trap or something right. like that. Yeah, something like that, and then they find out that they were just getting lucky, and that yes. has nothing yes. to do with it. Yeah, that is like because then there's this there's this great moment where everyone just realizes like, oh we we all just avoided traps by sheer luck. sheer luck. So whatever we figure out next, it, it could be nothing. Yeah, that that's so jacked. So good. So good. Yeah,
2: that movie is great.
0: All right, my number four is The Sunset Limited. Oh, it is, is an that? HBO movie. It's a uh, written by Cormac McCarthy. Yes, Tommy Lee Jones directed. It and... is two people, Tommy Lee Jones and Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, their characters don't have names, so they're just credited as Black and White. Oh, you can, wow. Is, well, it, well, because here is the thing: is yep. that White is Tommy Lee Jones, and he is a man who believes that that existence is so minuscule in the grand scheme of things that to stay alive is to just delay the inevitable. And yeah. in such a bad world, why not just kill myself? Yeah. And Sam Jackson's believes I, you know, I'm a, I'm a reformed bad guy yeah. and God put me here to talk you out of doing that. Well. And so it's just them in a room. It's real existential and weird yeah. like that. Yeah. And it's just a long conversation between the two of them. But, um, you can get into the metaphysical connotations of what the room actually is, but that's not really a concern of the movie. Yeah. But it's just one where, you know, it's it's the, there's an old classic play, I think it's just called Hell, Mm -hmm. and it's just a bunch of people wake up in a room, and by the end of it, they've all driven each other nuts, and Mm -hmm. it's Hell is (laughs) Other People. Yeah. And, you know, Hell is to break from your own, you know, your own comfort. And so this kind of plays around with a little bit of that idea where it's just, there's no reason why they're both, together except that they're in this movie right but we can't really put them in another situation so they are essentially just trapped in the narrative of this movie yeah it's really good interesting and it's Cormac McCarthy so yeah. it's just it's very interested in just punishing you it's, yeah, it's good. yeah yeah but it's Sam Jackson and Tommy Lee Jones fucking acting it's yeah. good
2: yeah I remember when that came out oh I'm interested in that
0: it's uh if you have HBO Go, it is always on there because it is an HBO original. The Midnight Limited. The, the Sunset Limited. Sunset
2: Limited. Uh, okay, I, I put uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane on my list, which I know is oh, fairly I didn't even recent. Think about but, that. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually That's one th- of the best ones. That's a great contained thriller. I think. Uh, uh super contained feels super claustrophobic and small, yet sizable enough where like you know you you kind of breathe a little bit in there mm-hmm. um but just like great before we, we we've we talked about it on the show I, I think we did an episode on it if i remember right or it maybe it's made, come up a few it times made my top 10 that year i think yes yeah. uh and uh yeah it's just it's so fun and uh john goodman is great in it uh it yeah it's, it's great uh and i just i as soon as you brought this topic up that was what immediately came to mind, and I, can't I was like i didn't even consider it that's pretty powerful that movie's like you know a couple of, it's, it's recent but not recent enough that it should be fresh in my mind, and the fact that that subject brought that movie to my brain right away, I was like, that movie's pretty great
0: and I think it it sold on the promise of being a a closed in yeah. you know trapped in a small space yep. and not to say too much about where it all ends up, but it is using that to i don't want to say subvert the idea, yeah. but they do that sort of uh there is a thematic layering about this this character who is in a box of her own making yes. and now has to get out of it. Has that's to get out. Really, that's a that's a movie that that I think people generally like. Yeah. But I I think that that the hardcore criticisms of it are kind of missing the point of the I agree. movie. You know, like it's I don't think it quite got its due. Yeah, yeah. I I think, you know, yeah. The the big reveal and stuff is I don't want to say stupid, but it's dumb. Yeah. yeah. But it's the. That's not what it's about, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. It, 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 I want to watch is. that. Yep, me too. There's another one coming out this year. I know. Uh, eventually, mm, yeah. Eventually, <laughs> <laughs> open that that fucking mystery box. Yes. All right. What number we at? Three. Three. Clue. Clue. Clue
2: is awesome. I've never seen it.
0: Oh, oh man. Yeah. It is a small space. They're all trapped. I mean, because what is Clue the Game? It is a trapped in a small space board game where you're just trying to find a killer based on character interactions and little clues that pop up. uh? And (laughs) the movie uses that to create an ensemble comedy. Yeah. And that's just another thing that can be done with it. It's a murder mystery, but it's not at all scary. It's meant to be funny. And all of the humor is mined from the fact that these characters who are all oil and water to each and every permutation... (laughs) are stuck in this what should be a a moment of propriety. Yeah. And it slowly falls apart and it's because they can't really leave. (laughs) It's you would love clue. I really want to see it. I've been dying to see it with laughter.
2: I know all about the marketing gimmick of the different endings and yeah. Well if you watch it now they'll just all be in there, which is
0: so much fun. (sighs) Yeah. It's just another thing you can do with that with that concept is make
2: clue. so I gotta see that.
0: That's that's a, we that would be one to do an episode on because it's like it's a movie movie. Oh yeah,
2: I've heard it's great, and it's got
0: my girl Madeline Kahn. I Woo! love her. John Cleese. Uh, John Cleese. No,
2: who am I thinking of that's in it?
0: Maybe he's in it. I, I it's been a while to tell you the truth. Uh, Michael McKeon's in it. Oh. Christopher Lloyd is in it. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Okay, all right. Is John Cleese in it? I think maybe he is. I don't
2: know. I don't know why. If I he's think not, that. he is. Yeah. Okay. That's. I mean, of course he's yeah. in Clues. John yeah. Cleese. John <laughs> Cleese. Uh, so now we're on number two. I'm gonna give this to The Descent. That is my number two as well, dude. Match. Yes, yes, we're gonna high five it. Uh, dude, I fucking love. We gotta eventually do an episode about this movie. Oh yeah, I love The Descent. I think The Descent is fantastic, and it is like. I don't have claustrophobia, as far as I know. I, you know, I I, sure as shit do. I I have occasionally gotten, you know, oh, I'll get like sweaty or uncomfortable. But like, I've I've seen people with like claustrophobia, Mm. like they gotta get out, and I I can figure it out. I I have never been so claustrophobic in my life. I will never go cave diving. Saw this in the theater. I, I, it is un, and it's amazing how a movie that is genuinely scary and has genuinely scary, scary movie things in it, like Mm. monsters is harrowing for an hour
0: before we ever even get to a fucking mm. monster when I think back on that movie, the parts that scare me the most are the parts where they're trapped yes. in small yes. spaces yes and that and that's important too because then when the monsters show up it's oh well, let's solve the monsters problem, but we're still fucking fucked exactly you know, like
2: that yeah. is ooh. yeah like hey, we are fucking trapped, we're still fucking trapped, we're mm. still fucking trapped, oh good, now there's monsters great because we're still mm. fucking trapped, oh god
0: yeah. that's. I saw that at the film festival uh, whenever it came out, many it was like many years ago. Oh six oh seven. I mean, it was a while ago. And that first reveal on the monster, Dude. no lie, everybody in the theater, myself included, lifted out of their yep. seat in a jump. Yep, that was. I'll never forget that moment. Nope, that me is me neither.
2: Yeah, that's like some real shit. That is prop- that. That may still be like the best like horror. Theater experience I've had I would say
0: honestly it was that and the first
2: time I saw Signs That had a really good reaction but the descent is Like it is and it's like It's a fucking movie movie too like by the Time you get to the end there's that Great so one of the great tricks of the movie Is that it's all natural light it's Mm -hmm. all The only light in the movie is the light That the girls have whether Mm -hmm. that be on their helmets Or the fucking uh, 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 Flares that they use And by the end of the movie you literally are just Watching these like Really great, like well framed shots of like one woman versus a bunch of monsters all lit by like one red oh, yeah. flare. I know the it's, exact shot you're picturing. Oh yeah. my god. It's so awesome. There's That's like a great some flick. really, really great just like shots in this. It, it, I love this movie. Neil Marshall's the man. D- dude, Have yeah. you seen any of his other stuff? I, I haven't seen Doomsday yet and I'm dying oh, to. You would love Doomsday. Yeah, and centurion centurion is awesome. Centurion, right? yeah.
0: Even Dog Soldiers has one of my oh, favorite I really want to see that. I've heard great things about I have the DVD. It's, I mean, it, it was a sci-fi original. Not a sci-fi original, but like sci-fi premiered at first, yeah. at least in America. There is a great Line where a dude who's about to get eaten by a werewolf and knows it says to the werewolf, I hope I give you the shit. <laughs> and if that doesn't make you stand up and cheer, then you're just that's a so you're good. a robot. Yeah.
2: yeah, I've heard that's actually a pretty good, like, you oh, know, it's low it's budget. Doing indie a horror thing. Thing. He just that's hasn't, heard, yeah. you know, it's he's just a good genre director. Yeah. Man,
0: there should be more Neil Marshall. And I, he did a lot of Game of Thrones. He did a lot of, of Game yeah. of Thrones.
2: Uh there was something else he was attached to recently that I was super stoked that he was attached to, and I can't remember what it is now. I think there's like an adaptation of something that he might be attached to. I'm into it. I'm, that I'm interested. in. Well, he
0: gets a forever pass no matter what he ma- what he makes the because the descent yeah, it's, is like it's one of the best horror movies ever made. So good. Mm. So and good. it's a great cave survival movie. Yeah, it's just it's so good. Oh god! Do interesting I love that thing movie. about that: all of the monsters are played by women too. Oh, interesting. The only men in the movie are the son and the dad who get killed at the beginning. So good. They just went that angle yeah. with it
2: just to do it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. That's, uh, man, do I love that movie. Fuck, do I love it. Good Why don't you play. give me your number one then, and then I'll I'll hit you with mine. Moon. Dude, it's my honorable mention. Oh, nice. Yeah. Okay. Moon is great because it's, so it's good. sort of a trapped
0: in the small space movie yeah. that yep. it, without spoiling too much, because if you haven't seen it, it's it takes a small location, puts it in a big world, and then at a very sharp moment, removes that world from the picture. Yes. And it, it's just an incredible performance from Sam Rockwell. Yeah. it's. It was like what put Duncan Jones on the map. Sure was. Just a really, really. It's another like this would be a great Twilight Zone episode, but it justifies its length as a movie. Yeah, and is sort of a surprise trapped in a small space movie. Totally, it's good.
2: It's yeah, it like you, I, it, yeah, it's one of those great things where you are trapped in a small space the whole time. They can make no mistake about that. It, it's it's ultimately you know you get the impression this is a a a. a small claustrophobic space to some extent
0: but it's not a closed situation right yeah
2: it but it just gets smaller yep uh and that it, and that is its own kind of nightmare and, and horror situation for mm. sam rockwell which is great it oh man do i love that movie that's a damn good movie yeah. and that's that's another one where it's like oh duncan jones has a forever pass from me oh me know, to doubt. just like do whatever the fuck and i'm there for it i want to see it Warcraft is pretty
0: cool. It's not I'm, great, I'm, but it's I'm kind of
2: dying to see it. I like Source, source Code. Source Code is awesome. Yeah, yeah, I really like Source Code. Uh, and uh, by the way, I think Mute, they just announced, is finally coming out maybe like next Good. month on Netflix. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. Yep. Oh, wait, you know what? I think I did see that. Yes, yeah. you're yep. right. I yeah. think they just made the announcement. Yeah. Uh, so that's very exciting. So, my number one, I think uh, hopefully everybody listening to this knows exactly what my number one is. I know is. What it is. It's the thing. Yeah. It has that's to be. I didn't be. put it on my list because I knew. It's <laughs> got to be. Uh, it, you know, it's similar to Moon. It's like maybe not the smallest space, but definitely super contained. Uh, and they can't just leave that like. small. smaller. Yeah. Smaller and smaller. In fact,. Technically, the notion of the thing is that if they don't solve this problem, the entirety of the globe will get smaller and smaller and smaller. Well, their thing is they have to get out of the small
0: space, but keep the situation small. Yes, And that's that's probably the only movie that does that. Yeah, you know, that's yeah. it's
2: uh, I don't think I need to rehash my love of the thing or what I love about the thing. I just uh, if we're talking about like contained small space movies, that is probably my favorite. Like, mm-hmm. uh yeah it's just great. it's the best one yeah yeah I just I didn't put it there because I knew you it was knew it was gonna up, be on it. there's no way it today. wasn't gonna be on my list i I do have like uh maybe like two other the the mist was one I thought of yeah, I had the mist as another one uh and phone booth, which oh nice I haven't seen since I was fifteen, so I can't quite say that it's a a fantastic movie, but at fifteen years old, Garrett Smith really liked phone booth.
0: I'm pretty sure I read today when I was putting these together. I think I'm correct in saying that phone booth was a Hitchcock script treatment first. Whoa, interesting! That, like would that totally makes sense. Um, it might not have been Hitchcock, it, it, but it was. It was a script treatment by somebody first. Yeah, yeah. let's see. It was because uh, sh-
2: did Schumacher
0: make it? Schumacher made it, right? Oh, look at that! It was written by Larry Cohen. No shit. Yeah. So okay. Okay. That, that. Yeah. Okay. Yep. But I feel like it was based on it. Maybe I'm thinking of
2: something else. Whatever, you can look it up, people. It's it's a very Hitchcock press, uh, yeah, uh, uh, premise. Yeah. Well, uh, there
0: was, and you know, of course, every Hitchcock movie came up on every list, yes. so I didn't touch them. Yep. And of course, there was Panic Room. i put yeah. in there, which yep. I liked. Pontypool was Pontypool. In going, came up. I didn't like that movie that much. So I know that, people that like it. Was based on a book too. I yeah. liked that movie. I, you know, it, that was one that I think would be served by being an episode of a show. Yeah. But it was cool that it was in a DJ booth. Yeah. Uh, 1408. Uh, dog day. Mm-hmm. I had uh what else did I have on here? Yeah, 1408's a good one. Um Identity is kind of a good oh, yeah. one because yep. you think they're trapped in a small space and then they're trapped in a much much smaller yes. space. Yeah. Um Reservoir Dogs is is Oh yeah, one of that's a really ones. good one. Hateful Eight. Oh yeah. Um, I didn't even think, think about most that. of them were a lot of them were horror movies so there was like splinter yes. inside uh kidnapped but one that i the one that i cut to uh, to put uh what's it called on my list uh the one that i cut to uh substitute with tape was wreck 2 oh yeah i've never the rec seen the wreck movies, rec movies. Really i've heard they're good. real good and the later entries uh the fourth one's actually really good the third one kind of divorces itself from the okay. uh found footage thing for a yeah. little bit which is fine cuz it is it's actually really funny yeah. i like that series overall but wreck 2 is scary as shit. Yeah, and it's the same location as Rec, rec One because it's just the same night later. Oh, interesting. Um, okay. Yeah, because like it,
2: quarantine, quarantine is the, the remake of remakes? Rec. Yeah, okay.
0: But then Quarantine Two, they just put on a plane, so it's not <laughs> okay. Rec Two. Right. They okay. just went that yeah. way with it. But it is just a you know, it's found footage in a small location with yep. a zombie outbreak yep. happening. But uh, there's, n- it doesn't really do anything with that besides be you know a, a good it's just horror like movie. very yeah. effective Rec to the oh, excuse me Rec to scary yeah as shit okay yeah all right i remember one of my friends came over we we're watching it back in the day and we got real stoned and i put it on and yeah. i had never seen it before and she left yeah she was like um i don't think i'm okay <laughs> i'll come back later i'm like yeah you all you will come back later. yeah i <laughs> mean this, yeah. this is crazy yeah
2: it's really good, yeah. That's awesome. Wreck Uh I think that's it for my my list and my honorables.
0: Yeah, I'm glad the compliance majors because I I, I almost didn't want to try and
2: quantify that. And I, you know, I was gonna was, put good I was gonna put Moon or Phone Booth or something. And then I was like, you mm. know what? I, I like com- if I really think about it, compliance fucking sits with me. Yeah, I don't know that I'll ever watch that movie again, but that fucking sits with me. Like I remember that movie in in detail. It's that movie's fucked. Yeah, it is. Ugh. Yeah yeah
0: that's oh man oh yeah oh you know what actually i I had thought about for a while but then i just realized i you know was coherence oh yeah because that is sort of a trap in a small space but i mean it's more a single location because there's the trapped thing isn't really a thing right i was trying to make it
2: i was trying to distinguish between like actually trapped in the location versus just hey it's a single location mm -hmm. like Like, I was thinking about, like, rear window, maybe. And, like, he's kind of trapped because of the broken leg or whatever. But it's, like, it's his fucking apartment. Like, he can roll out the door at any time. Like, it's not, you know. He's trapped by circumstance. It's a single location. location. Yeah. You know.
0: And that's what I ultimately came to with Coherence was just, like... Yes, it does sort of take place. Same with yeah. the invitation. I was yes, like, it does take yeah. place in a single location, but that's not necessarily what defines right. it. Right? They're know?
2: not like, and they're not like trapped there. Yeah. it's not. It's not like an escape movie. It's not mm. like they're trying to escape this location. I guess coherence, maybe a little bit, but I don't even think
0: they're escape. Those are less escape and more. I'm trying to understand
2: my environment. Yeah, you know yeah, that yeah. kind of a thing. Coherence is so good. It's
0: so good. That's that's the best like Futurama episode. But yeah, you know, actually, it's probably a great Rick and Morty <laughs> and made for no
2: money. Oh yeah. Uh, and so effective, I, yeah, love that movie. I
0: don't think have anything
2: else. No, I think that's it.
0: Yeah, that is all.
2: Let's wrap this shit up. So misery, your misery, first experience, dude, positive. I <laughs> fucking loved. I like. I loved Misery. Nice. I like. I, I could see myself like rewatching that with some frequency. Actually, oh, yeah. it, that was like a wildly enjoyable experience for how fucking just it's a technical marvel fucked up it is, and mm. yeah, yeah, really, really good. It's a movie. Movie and uh, oh, James Cohn, come on. He's so good. He's so good. And, yeah. and Kathy Bates, like, getting nominated for that performance in that kind of movie is is insane in and of itself. And then winning is like, and, and deservedly so. And, yeah, like, so she, 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 she's of so she fucking good in that movie. That's how you win that, yeah, with that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just wild to me that that even happened. I'm actually happened. curious, before we... End, yeah, what was she up against?
0: I want to know what she was up against. And I also want to know
2: if Misery got
0: any other nominations. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like... Let's uh, see that real quick. Yeah, that's quick. a good, good call. So misery, and we'll close on that. Oscar winner for best actress in a leading role. Yeah, oh, no nominations. Mm-hmm. Also a Golden Globe winner for the same thing. Okay. Um, ooh, it was a Felix nominee for Richard <laughs> Farnsworth. I don't know what that is. Hey. But uh, oh, there you go. And then what was she up against? Yeah. What so you... it was 1991. One would
2: have been the Oscars, right? Yeah. So let's see. I'm finally getting a handle on how that fucking Oscar year works.
0: It's one of those things that I that I always make a point to remember and that I just forget. All right, so this was... Look at that. So it's even listed as 63rd Academy Awards, the ceremony that took place in 1991, or I could click 64th Academy Awards, the 1992 ceremony honoring the best in film for 1991. <laughs> so even Wikipedia is like yeah. ready to do that. So um, winners and nominees... And it was in leading... Jesus, a lot of pictures. Okay, best actress was Angelica Houston in The Grifters. Okay. Julia Roberts in Pretty Woman. Okay. Meryl Streep as Mer- Meryl Streep uh, in uh, Postcards from the Edge and Joanne Woodward Mr. and Mrs. Bridge. And I got to say the only one that I that I I, I've never seen any of those except Misery,
2: so I can't judge yeah, me on either. it. But based on history, the only one I ever hear talked about is Pretty Woman. Yeah, same. And, yeah. I, I'm, I'm mildly familiar with Postcards from the Edge, but I honestly don't know why. Yeah, the, I know the name. That's yeah. really, you want to hear the, the best actors from that
0: year? Yeah, please. Richard Harris in The Field, Gerard Depardieu in Cyrano de Bergerac, Robert De Niro in Awakenings, Kevin Costner in Dances with Wolves,
2: and your winner... Jeremy Irons in Reversal of Fortune. You've never seen that's that. That's crazy. That's like all movies I've never heard of. And then one that I was like, well, obviously, Dan's with the Wolves won. Because that's the only movie I know from 1990. Mm. Well, it won Best Picture. Yeah. And Best Director. Look that's at right. that. That was the Whoopi Goldberg one. Who The Whoop.
0: Look at that. The Whoop. <laughs> Best Supporting Actor. You know who was nominated? Who Was Al Pacino in Dick Tracy.
2: What? Yeah,
0: look at that. What a weird year. That's crazy. Right on. What a weird year. Best screenplay was Ghost. Wow. That's so wild. What a weird fucking year. What is Awakenings? Do you remember Awakenings? Is that a Woody Allen? Nah.
2: It's another one where it's like, I know I'm familiar with that, but I don't know why. It's got... Oh, it's Penny Marshall directed Oh, that's why. Yeah, yeah.
0: And it's got... uh. Uh, Rob Williams. Rob oh, Williams, okay. yeah. Nice. Yep. I think I know that movie. Yeah, right on. Yeah. So there you go, guys. A little class on Woo. the 1991 yes. Academy Awards honoring cinema from 1990.
2: Uh, so let's do it this way. January 28th, we'll be at Tattooed Moms. We'll be doing a live show. We're going to be playing some games, giving out some prizes. Come see that because uh, we need you there so that you can win prizes. Absolutely. Um, and on
0: January 20th, we
2: won't be there, but you will. Yes. Uh, at the uh, Milburn Stone Theater. There you go. I wasn't going to get it. It's, I don't <laughs> know how now it's ingrained in my brain milburn sound theater you can see barbarella on uh the 20th uh and you should because barbarella is rad and you can see it on a really good big screen that's where duran duran got their name y'all hell yeah so good shit uh and uh you can find us on twitter facebook tumblr at uh, i like two movies numeric two uh i'm on uh, letterbox.com slash filmadelphia that's with an f that's my twitter handle as well filmadelphia uh and uh i think that's pretty oh uh farsightedblog.com uh I have a a best of list for 2017 up at Cinadelphia where I wrote, I I think kind of an interesting article for my top 10. Uh, You can check that out there.
0: Hmm. Um. I am Dan Scully on Twitter and everything else. Uh, and uh, yeah, check out Synadelphia.com And that is uh, that's the, that's the thing. You that's know? the thing. Well, that's the thing. That it. is the thing. And uh,
2: the other thing is, my name is Garrett Smith, and I like to movie movie. My name is Dan Scully, and I like to movie movie. And we all know that you like to movie movie because we, we like, like to movie. movie. <laughs>